Okay, welcome to the Boy Howdy Podcast. Hey everybody. Where we are pointedly not talking about gay porn this week. Not gay porn, gay romance novels. Gay romance novels without any porn that Annie is writing. I, there will, it will be... Do you have a pseudonym? Do you have a pen name? I do, actually. I guess if you say it out loud. <laughs> Does it count? No, Write it down on a piece of paper It's going to be Elizabeth Souders. That's going to be my... my Elizabeth my, Souders? Elizabeth Souders. What is it that? It is my middle name and one of my grandmother's maiden names. Souders? Souders. How many maiden names did she have? Well, one of my... The, the maiden name of one of my grandmothers. Is that German? Souders. Elizabeth Souders. Elizabeth Souders. That's my romance that's novel. That's beautiful. That's my pen name. When you guys see a trashy romance novel with the name Elizabeth Souders on it, guess what, everybody? Uh, my pen name is Porkins from Star Wars. <laughs> that's it, fully. Just Porkins, Porkins from Star Wars. I no, 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 it's Porkins from Star Wars. That's, <laughs> that's you the know, goal. Just like uh, for the longest time, Cher was Cher from the seventies. <laughs> Because you know, once once her career dried up in the nineties, she had to she rely on, from this, on the seventies uh, uh, nostalgia. She right. my husband used to be Bono. I'm in the movie Mask. <laughs> How you doing? Have you seen Mask? I have never seen. Mask. Not the cartoon show with no, the flying DeLoreans. But... No, I know. I, all I know about Mask is that it has um, my bro Sam Elliott in it. Oh, it does it. Yeah. How do you know that? Did he tell you about it? Because Annie has go, met Sam Elliott. Sam Annie, Elliott is a very nice man. He shows up at Annie's work all the time. Before. No, not all the time. He doesn't so much that his Annie works at a away. at a Burger King. <laughs> That's right. Annie, you're the best fry cook I ever. I am. I'm an amazing fry cook. Your whoppers are amazing. <laughs> My whoppers are worth waiting for. I had to, that was worth it just to say that out loud. What? <laughs> You got the biggest, juiciest Whoppers? Yes, Bill. Keep going. I love it. You know what I don't like about your Whoppers? Uh-huh. Soggy buns. Uh-huh. Just big old I'm meaty. I'm just tuning you on drawing. Soggy buns. Uh, how you hey, doing, everybody. Annie? I'm doing okay. Annie doesn't want to talk about sexual. Anyone knows or gay sex or gay It's porn. We weren't talking about that. I was just saying, Bill had asked if my... Um, romance novel that I'll never get around to writing contains any porn, and I said no. This is the Boy Howdy Podcast for what is today's date? It is Friday July the thirteenth. As we're recording this, everyone will listen to this on during the weekend. As we speak right now, uh, the Eisner Awards are being handed out in San Diego, California, at the San Diego Comic Con, uh, in which our friend Dylan McConus will be winning the best digital comic of two thousand twelve for her comic out Fox. This on top of. The fact that she her Kickstarter is ending, uh, or Kickstarter to print out uh, some of her comics, including Outfox, including Outfox. Uh, if you're listening to this before like Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, you still have time to just go to Kickstarter and Google McConus M E C O N I S. I was gonna say, are you gonna see what people can spell? <laughs> I'm just saying this. This is a Kickstarter where well worth funding, guys, because her comic Bite Me is delightful, and Outfox is great, and Dance Macabre will be great, and it'll be it, you can get it at a cheaper price than you would. Yeah, be paying. it's just to get these comics in prints. Comics are drawn. It's not like you have to worry she's gonna run off with her money. And, exactly. Thank like, you. Like she actually just revealed uh, uh, three cool patches. She'll be uh. uh giving out if yeah. she uh, clears the three, was it the $30,000? $30,000. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened to you this week, Annie? Uh, I am very distracted and stressed because my wife and I are my house. Yeah! That's Which a good thing! exciting and terrifying the at the house, same Annie's time. The house, gonna die in. Yeah. I was just like, Bill, that, that, um, that, that. Uh, I, I am 29 years old, and I'm looking at this house going, single level, no stairs, nice, I won't break a hip on anything in this one, I'm 65 years old. Where are your kids gonna is... be? They will be where your um, kids. They're gonna live in the, in the yard because there's a guest yard. Uh, because they will not exist. Is there a yard for pets at least? 
no, one of the reasons why I'm buying this house is that it has little to no yard, which I love. I don't want a yard. You wanted to get a goddamn dog. I, it has and a love tiny, having kids. I You're doing get, a lesbian thing and get 4,000 pets. I will get a tiny purse-shaped dog. No! And my tiny purse-shaped yard can handle it. And you are a big dog person. I am so not. Oh. I am ne- the biggest dog. You are not paying attention to your spirit guide <laughs> okay. of life. I will admit. Is this a Disney movie right now? I know. I will admit that I literally, have, uh, when I was in a really sad place, I cried because I could not in that moment have a Bernie's Mountain Dog to hug. Yeah. I do not live the Bernie's Mountain Dog lifestyle, motherfucker. I live the lifestyle of someone who needs a purse-shaped dog. What I predict is that your girlfriend's going to get hit by a truck, uh-huh. and you're going to have to replace her with a Bernie's Mountain Dog. And you're just going to start calling Foley, too. And she's going to sleep in the bed with you. You're like, hello, Foley, how was work today? Oh, woof. Do you really think I'm going to play with this line of thought <laughs> of the reality where my wife is dead and I've replaced her with a dog? No, she's just hit by a car. Uh-huh. She asked for you to put her brain in a Burmese oh, okay. dog's body. All right. And so it's kind of like, Murph, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of make out with her. It's kind and, of weird and gross. Anyway, <laughs> I love you so much. changing the subject. <laughs> I'm very distracted. That's my romance novel. I'm very distracted. No, actually bought it yet you just you just made an offer that's why it's distracting this is if this is the moment where you're on ebay and you just found like a hundred gallons of maple syrup for really cheap and you're like man i just submitted the offer but i still can cancel if i want it's going to take a couple days for paypal payment to go through i haven't really committed to anything yet yes but exactly except, except instead of maple syrup it's a giant vat of maple syrup you'll have to live in for the rest of your life that's correct yeah now th- that's when the boy howdy podcast actually begins Everyone start your start your beers. <laughs> That's right. Bill, start your cokes. Yeah. Uh. So what else? Well, so aside from uh, fundamental life altering decisions, what else did you do this week? So I. That's was, not sexy talk. I made a financial sexy. investment in a small plot of land. I am. I am. I am stressed. Are there Indian burial shit underneath? Did you shit. investigate? Probably not. We'll see what comes out when I have. There, my were there Indians in Oregon ever? Come and inspect. Were there ever natives who lived in Oregon? That, of consequence. <laughs> I'm going to skirt around this statement. Indians who believed in an afterlife. And atheist Indian, you never hear about atheist Indian <laughs> burial grounds and people getting pissed off and building on top of those. Atheist um, Indians are like, yeah, what are you going to do? Anyway. Um, what? I want to take a moment and uh, just make a statement about how nice it is to have people who are excited about things in your life that you're not necessarily excited about, but you catch on to their excitement, oh, get that man excited. So our bro, Brenna, that I've talked about in the past, loves the Resident Evil movies. And so I mentioned that we watched the oh first one last week. And yeah. this week she came over and we watched the second one, which is admittedly the weakest, this, it seems like. Is Michelle Rodriguez only in the first one? She's only in the Did first one. Did she die in the first one? She dies in the first one. She, she dies terribly in the first one. They have to put her down? Yeah. Or something? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, in fact, Alice, I saw that in our protagonist, shoots her in the forehead. Is the second one where uh, Stars comes out. The, not the Nomad. What's the big monster from Resident Evil 3? Yes, the Nemesis. The Nemesis. Is. Yes, is that in Resident, is Evil Resident Evil 2? Is it the ridiculous. same guy? Because I know in the first yes. movie they all play like, Oh no, Larry! Yes. You might have the gen- <laughs> Nomad disease. Why would I want to call him Nomad? You just know. said the word Nemesis. Does he come back? He's on a... He oh, does. sorry, Jill he's Valentine. A big, he's a big... Oh, man, Jill Valentine is a terrible character. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, that's right, because what's her she's name? She's playing Alice. Who's yeah. Who the fuck is Alice? She's a different character made up. Jill for Valentine, huh? Because she's, no, like... she's awful. Les- like, no. She has, like, a mini skirt that really barely covers her crotchular region. Oh, she is a cop. She's just given notice <laughs> or something <laughs> well, like that's that. Well, that's how she dresses in the game, too. 
through She has like a little, a little I cocktail. I think I remember her, that skirt. she has like a flak jacket and shit. Does she in the game? Maybe That's one of these. Not in the first, not in Resident Evil 3 where she Well, she's that. ridiculous. Because she's got like, a, like she's dressed like she's in a polo club in an 80s uh, teen comedy. <laughs> that That is actually how she dresses in the movie. So maybe it's appropriate yeah. character. Anyway, no. So we got through Resident Evil 2, which is a movie you just kind of have to get through to get to Resident Evil 3. <laughs> Resident Evil 3 is the Mad Max movie. Yeah. It's great. Actually, Resident Evil 3 was a lot of fucking fun. Is that fun. the one where they end up like in Las Vegas? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's ridiculous. But it's, you know what? It's one of those movies that I probably would have brushed off were Brenna not so excited about it. Yeah. Because I can only hope that this is how all my poor bros that I've made watch terrible Robin Hood movies. I hope this is how y'all feel just because I'm so excited about the bullshit that you yeah. guys are excited about the bullshit. Because it is so much fun to watch so those movies with her. What, she loves them so which much. Which Resident Evil movie is about to come out? Because they talked about the This is Resident Evil one. 5 that is coming out. So what's Resident Evil 4? We, I'm not watching yet. I'll tell you in a week. Resident Evil 3 is great, Doesn't though. Doesn't have Leon it's just fighting Spaniards. a transparent... It's a Mad Max movie. It's great. All those movies only exist to give uh, What's-Her-Face and Her Husband job. <laughs> Me and Joe Every Mitch. two years, like, honey, we gotta go back to film more Resident Evil. <laughs> so we've been doing this for a decade now. Yeah. I can read that for... Well, he did not direct the second one. Oh, really? He just Who's produced he it or whatever. Oh, he's probably making, like, The Three Musketeers or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I liked The Three Musketeers. I am... Brent and I are two of the only people in the universe who liked The Three Musketeers movie. <laughs> I read it was fun and ridiculous. You know, it was ridiculous You're not going there expecting a like like See, an adaptation the of the historical and blah, also blah. frankly three musketeers is a goofy book it is a goofy ridiculous book and mm-hmm. if you make a movie that is all serious then you're doing to be it for wrong. any book that inspires a candy bar has to be kind of ridiculous <laughs> man uh the junior mints book <laughs> yeah shakespeare's junior mints <laughs> That play was off the hook. Yeah, that's right. So much they like it got it got it got hidden for like thirty centuries uh-huh. until they found it like in the for mid fifties. Thirty 50s. centuries, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. you know what Shakespeare he fought he you know what you never did you see the third Predator movie? Not Predator. Bring this joke in, Bill. Where Shakespeare Bring it home. Bring they try it to home. kill they try to hunt Shakespeare. <laughs> And he says, fuck you, you're going to take me, I'm going to go dinosaur hunting. And he makes them, he makes the predators let him go uh-huh. dinosaur hunting. Uh-huh. And that's how he what gets stuck back though? in time. And he gets mm-hmm. bored because, like, the time uh-huh. machine, dinosaur so eats he time machine. called Junior Mints. Yeah, and he wrote it, like, six million B.C. Uh-huh. And someone found it in a, in a dinosaur fossil. It was just carved in a series get... of rocks. Yeah, because he didn't have no that paper. That was swallowed by a dinosaur. Yeah. That, so it was preserved and fossilized kind of confusing. in his yeah. valley. That's better than Junior Mints. This is true. What? Anyway, what? I don't know if this joke married the time that it took to make it. Um, you just you're just, you hate being distracted from your love of Resident Evil. That's right. Did you even play the games? Fuck no. I am the I am the, the furthest away from the games survival. Games are great. I love the games. I, I ask me how many they're survival in... horror games I played, Bill. You know, if you play them now, they're kind of rickety enough. Like the graphics are, are uh, graphics are kind of funky enough. They, they wouldn't be that scary to you. I do not. Nope. I'm way too easily. It's out. mostly puzzle solving. Like, go get the, the blue key and the green key yeah. to make a blue green key and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, zombie dogs will jump out of the windows. Yeah. Oh, man. The zombie dogs in the movies are great because they're just, they're just Dobermans covered they with spaghetti. Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so funny. I love when any movie where your dog is, quote unquote, attacking a character and they have to cut away and frame it so the tail is not exposed so you can't see the tail wagging. <laughs> the Nothing Beats, have you ever Aww. seen the test footage that they did for one of the alien films when they were going to do alien oh, yeah. dogs? Well, it's and Alien it's like 3 because, like, the, the alien in Alien 3 comes out of yeah. a dog, and so they try it's to make like it this an great alien dog. Whip it. Whippet in a little costume and just, and just trot, there, There's one great shot of like the, this Whippet in the alien costume 
just Ooh. running away from the camera down this hallway, and it's just trotting, and its tail's wagging, but it's got, like, an alien head on it. I love that shit. Oh, movies. Man. Oh, movie magic. Yeah, so Resident Evil treating you pretty good. Resident Evil is so much When are you going to watch our Resident Evil 4? Um, probably Sunday. It'd be great. Alleviate the house buying issues. Hey, Brenna, whenever, you're, whenever you hear this, when do you want to watch Resident watching Evil 4? Watching these movies should make you feel better, because at least you watching a zombie movie, you can think about how you can like better protect your own home that you're going to own. My house will be terrible. A moat? This actually is most, because Portlanders are all nerds, almost every single Portlander I've ever met has come up with a zombie contingency plan for their home. My house is terrible. I will be very exposed Why? to zombie attacks. Because it's a single-level ranch. Build a basement. <laughs> there we go. Can you build a basement into a ranch house? No. It's Why? A, it's a, you you just cannot just build a get basement. Get a shovel and start digging. What's the there problem? We go. Problem solved. It's yeah. a cement foundation, motherfucker. Oh, it is cement foundation. Yeah. Oh. There's, there's no... Why's it got to be cement? It's a ranch house. There's nothing there. Because it's built... It wasn't, it's not that old. I officially feel Fucking uncomfortable. Fucking West Coast and ranch housing. Details. I don't understand ranch houses. Ranch houses are great. Why do you dislike ranches? Because it's flat. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a house from a, like one of the uh, atom bomb test footage. Yes. It looks like a real house. That's what I like about it. And that's besmirching your house. You need to house. spend as much time as I have in a fucking I Victorian. grew up in a three-story house. I mean, no. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. I lived in the attic. See, that's great and good until you're 65 years I old was, with bad uh, knees. Cuz I was Bart Simpson's evil t- uh, clone <laughs> toy. <laughs> they kept me up there in chains. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Resident Evil is a lot of fun. The third movie was great. The first two movies were worth it just to get to the third Does movie. Does Nemesis die? Can uh, you blow it up? Nemesis. Fuck, I can't remember. Nemesis go I boo-boo. just watched it on Wednesday. Nemesis go hurt. No. I was pretty much spent all the second Resident Evil movie waiting to get to the Resident, the third Resident Evil movie. However, I will. I, I've been thinking a lot lately how much I love my cat and how much I want to clone her. And the last shot of the Resident, the third Resident Evil movie is our protagonist Alice being confronted with a chamber containing like seventy clones of herself. And, oh yeah, uh, they ripped that off from Alien the Four. Oh totally. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. And, are the clones uh, all fucked over? They're just perfect. Oh clones no, they're of perfect her. clones of Who her. Who the hell's cloning her? Um, the they Umbrella bigger, Corporation. Bigger, they no, fix... they're trying to create the perfect fighting machine. Breasts do not factor into that equation. They could seduce people. Not zombies. Hey, come here. Well, zombies don't get horny. No, they don't have enough blood. They have no blood. They can't uh, have. Uh, uh... What about lesbians? Lesbian zombies. They don't have to worry about an erection with a lesbian zombie. We have a spurging sexual uh, drives with lesbian zombies. I'm just saying. Then moisture becomes an issue. There you go, Bill. Oh, that's true. Either either way, lesbians uh, zombies flourish in like Louisiana, <laughs> the deep south. Anyway, you're just moist in your junk anyway, no matter what. So... Everyone who's living in America who's been subject to these crazy heat temperatures, <laughs> like uh, the heat wave of this one going on, you already know how you got wet crotch anyway, no matter oh, what. Bill. You perpetual swamp butt summer. That's what this summer's been. <laughs> <laughs> that's what when they, when they had the forecast on the on cnn for the national weather news it's just a big picture of swamp butt like some guy's sweaty butt with like flies oh, and alligators coming out of it so anyway what? no that's too much for Eddie to talk about resident evil 3 is fun mostly i for, i didn't realize that this dude who shows up in resident evil 3 also showed up in resident evil dude is the <laughs> resident evil dude well it's <laughs> Anyway, is Resident the Evil dude, dude 
is the dude from Resident the Evil, movie. Resident Evil comma what who what the dude Brendan from the movie Fraser? is not Brendan Fraser and not Brendan Fraser's sidekick. The smart brother, Rachel Weisz's brother, or whatever. No, no, Did she have a brother. She does. Did you see she's in the new Wizard of Oz movie? Yes, she's one of the witches. She's a Wicked Witch. Yeah. She's not green. What the fuck? Has there Where'd come, you make her the Wicked pictures? Witch? Have there been pictures of Rachel Weisz? They show her. She's like, hey, I'm Wicked Witch. For some reason, she pronounces it just like that. She got like speech <laughs> impediment. Me Wicked Witch. Dear Lord. Me, me talk with baby talk. <laughs> Tattoos on his face. He's really rad. Oh, and the guy everyone dream... loves who thought yeah, he should have been the, the best character. Yeah, yeah the, like no, the... so it's great because he shows up and there was an evil movie. I'm like, your face doesn't look right. Yeah, but that's because he's got, got all... the black robes. Well, no, 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 and stuff. They've all whitey whitey guyed him up, so he's got like oh. the close crop hair. What and happened everything, to him and... in the Mummy movies? Does he get killed or something? I have not seen the Mummy what... movies since they you came out. You should be watching the Resident Evil movies and the. Weren't they made by the same guy? I do not think Paul W S Anderson did the. Isn't Paul W.S. Anderson the same guy? Like, he was also going to do Castlevania and that fell apart and stuff? I think he was, because he did the fucking bullshit. Yeah, he's the, the guy who directs the bullshit. No, not Uwe Boll, but he he did, I mean, he did. He's the other guy who's not he's Uwe Boll making all the yeah, video games. exactly. Did he, like, he directed the, like, the Mortal Kombat movie that everyone loves and says it's still the best video game adaptation of all time. I think. Um... I just Googled him, and, and it auto-completed um, Paul W.S. Anderson hack, and yeah! Paul W.S. Anderson, um, but he's worst director. But he's married to What's-Her-Face, right? Yeah, Mia Jovovich. Yeah, that's why they keep on making these goddamn movies. He did Alien vs. Predator. Wow. He did the Death Race remake that came out wow. a couple years ago. Uh, this guy, is a, he's got a storied career. Um, uh, let's see. He did Event Horizon, and yes, he did do Mortal Kombat. Is this, is this the guy who did the mummy? And... He did not do any of the mummy movies. Did he do Resident Evil? Yeah. Oh, well, yes, he's done all the Resident Evil movies. Oh, okay. So who the hell made the mummy? Who gives a fuck about the mummy? What else happened? <laughs> we spent, we just what spent, else? We just spent 20 minutes talking Bill, about Resident Evil. Hey, Bill, how about you share with me something you did in your life? I got published in Nintendo Power this week. That's so exciting, Bill. Phil Theobald of the Player One podcast a couple weeks ago. He's like, Bill Mudrin, we got four pages. We need to kill the next issue to Nintendo <laughs> Power. Can you help us? Uh, so I did uh, an, an interview with him. And uh, yeah, they actually have like a three and a half page spread about my uh, video game maps that I draw. Nice. They actually have, wait, all right, I'll show it to you right now. This is going to make fascinating radio. Uh, they did a full, uh, they printed actually the entirety of my Zelda map. And uh, the Mushroom Kingdom map that oh, I have. Dude. And actually, because of the notoriety I've already received from this Nintendo, uh, issue of Nintendo Power, I think it's a July issue, it's got Wii U on the cover, uh-huh. just came out like a, uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I've actually sold out of uh, Hyrule maps, uh, but I've opened up pre-orders on my website. If you go to my website, it'll say, uh, this is pre-order, uh, boo, 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 boo. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to have to get those printed up. In order to get a, a new print run of these maps made, I need to raise $33,000. No, $3,300. $33,000 I can buy a new fucking house. Yeah. I'm thinking like like what you're thinking about right 
yeah. your, your price range for stuff. So, yeah, I'm taking pre-orders for uh, Hyrule Maps. If you go to Bill Mudge, if you just Google M-U-D-R-O-N, MudgernBigCartel.com, you'll find uh, my online storefront. And, yeah, if you want to buy one of these uh, Mario uh, Mushroom Kingdom maps or Zelda Hyrule maps, that shit's on there. That's pretty great. Throw down some money, and you'll get some of these uh, things in the next couple weeks. So that was cool. Um, I worked with a friend of the podcast, Mike Russell. We have a comic in this week's Oregonian newspaper about superhero comics. Mike uh, wrote it and penciled it, and I inked and colored it. It's very cute. It's these two kids just talking about the appeal of superhero comics uh, and movies. And uh, they're dressed, uh, it's a girl dressed as Batman, and it's a black kid in, well, I guess he was supposed to be kind of Miles Morales. He came out more of a black kid than a Mexican kid. What is Miles Morales? Miles Morales is African and Puerto Rican. Oh, yes. Okay, so so it's a black, it's a brown kid. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bill! You're talking about this. Is just I colored it. I made the choice. <laughs> okay. I was gonna make him look like Donald Glover uh-huh. from Community, who was yeah. supposed to be Spider Man. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. this fucking English son of a bitch. <laughs> fucking Abraham Lincoln haired motherfucker. That's right, Bill. Get mad. Hate that movie. Man, I never seen that movie. Speaking of uh, comic books. So I've mentioned before how much I really dig Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. and I have all the time. And, and my comic shop, like two, like a month ago, they're like, hey, you should read this Spider-Man comic. It's what happens when... Spider-Man. 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 It's, it's a nice Jewish man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Um, no, uh, no. Spider-Man <laughs> is what happens when... Attorney um, at law. The, the quote-unquote, like... Man, main... this is a racial stereotype corner all of a sudden. I know, right, Go Bill? Ahead. We're terrible. Finish your story. Yeah. I'm terrible. <laughs> So, um, it's what happens when the mainstream universe, Peter Parker, he's transported to the ultimate universe and has to meet Miles Morales. Which, you know, I've mentioned in the past that my love of Spider-Man does not necessarily come from the compelling narratives innate in the Spider-Man Oh, yeah, lore. exactly, yeah. You just like so, the... I just like the characters and I like yeah. how they interact. So, um, like, my comic shop guy's like, yeah, you should pick it up, and gives me that pitch. Yeah, they fight, and they almost kill each other, but they have two up. And I'm like, mm, this is not interesting to me. And I go in again, Which another person at the this? comic shop, I'm not gonna say. I go in another comic, and I come in again, and they're like, oh, yeah, you should totally read this, because it's Peter Parker and Miles Morales. I'm like, mm, really not compelling. You guys really aren't telling me on this. I say, this is, is Bendis on thought. this comic? Well, here's the thing. I only find out that it's Bendis wrote it, and that Sarah Pacelli, who did a great run on Ultimate Spider-Man, drew it when I go to a different comic shop and actually hold it in my hands. I'm like, hey, So these comic how shop employees are something. terrible at pitching, yeah. Here's well, how you... So they think you're do they think you're just a girl and you don't know comic books or they're just no. like oh it's got Spider-Man he does stuff. Well, they're not going to tell you okay this motherfucker wrote it this motherfucker drew it. See that's the thing it's like it's like I don't know if it's like uh, they don't make the connection that the only con- Spider-Man comic I read is yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man so maybe I don't want all Maybe these people are stupid for not thinking your things. <laughs> I'm Fuck just saying, guys. it's like, it's just kind of funny. It's like, you know, it's how you sell things. This thing that you like, made by these people you like, here's another thing made by oh, those people you like. Was the comic good? It is. Is just a one shot? Just one issue? It's five issues. In the most recent issue, um, Peter Parker's freaking out because in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker's dead. Yeah. And it is not clear to, quote unquote, normal, regular um, day Peter Parker um, if this is an alternate reality or, or if his world isn't changed yeah. or what. Because it's similar oh, that's kind of cool. So he, in those very last Because alternate issue, universe stories in any kind of science fiction, it's usually pretty much everyone knows that, oh, this is an alternate reality. Yeah. I'm not worried about how this is He doesn't know what the reality. fuck this yeah. is. And on top of that, it's all, um, it's all, this is all Mysterio's work. And Mysterio's whole thing is that he fucks with your brain chemistry. Oh, okay. And creates, an, uh, he creates things that are not real around you that seem real. Yeah. 
So, you know, he's freaking out. He's like, it, what's happened? But the thing is, is that everyone around him is like, Peter Parker's dead. Peter Parker's dead. So in the uh, my big thing with whole Miles Morales becoming Spider-Man is that we haven't gotten to see my favorite characters in Ultimate Spider-Man, which are Aunt May, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane, and all those bros. Yeah. And the very last thing you see in this last issue is Gwen Stacy and Aunt May because they live together. Yeah. Um, uh, meeting Peter Parker. This alternate universe Peter Parker. Does he even look like the original Peter Parker? Well, Would they adult. recognize him? He's in well, he's in the Spider Man outfit with his mask on. Oh, okay. So he's an adult dude. And you know, Gwen Stacy is like a seventeen year old girl. Gwen Stacy's all I know, yeah. How you doing? Oh. Is that an organic web shooter or mechanical? <laughs> is that a web shooter in your pocket? Anyway, Spider Man is like nice if you like Spider Man. But between that and the and the what's that this? presence of Peter Parker again in the movie, fuck, I what's, miss Peter Parker. What's the series called? Spider Man. Oh, Spider Man. Oh, you didn't make men. it specific. That's men. men. I said it a couple of times. Spider Man. I was blacking out. Bill's not paying attention. Oh well, the co- caffeine rush from the coke hit me. Anyway, also at the comic shop. It's like the end of 2001 in my I brain mi- right I now. I picked up uh, Marceline and the Scream Queen. Yeah, how Queens was that? One. Andy it's, also picked me up a copy. It's great. If you like that kind it's of thing. It's so good. Is this one of those feminist books that I've been hearing it's, about? Meredith Grand did such a good job. The char- It's such great. I, I love don't know. It. It's written and drawn by girls. I, it's got like pink and shit on there's it. There's a great... Um, oh, then they're striking Bemo with lightning. Yes, they What are. the fuck? Um, oh, the, there's got peanuts? <laughs> there's an ad. I like how actually like the. the back. I'm like yeah. Bill is distracted. No, there's a great backup by um, Jen Wang in the back. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Jen Wang. I uh, really highly this, recommend. Was it. this uh, was this also written by friend of the po- podcast, Meredith Grant? I think so. Yes, she wrote it. She wrote and drew it. It's really charming. It's not the the yeah, other Adventure Time, Time comics are laugh out loud funny. This is much, very much so more sweet. Oh, Adventure Time was created by friend of the podcast Pendleton Ward. Phil is anyone not a friend, a friend of the podcast? Did you hear that friend of the podcast Neil Gaiman? <laughs> <laughs> He's he yeah uh-huh. he went to Quiznos and they he gave was... him a five dollar off coupon and he sent it to me. <laughs> he said with my darkest wishes, love Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for Comic Con. No, but yeah, no, that's actually, uh, uh, yeah, Meredith Grand, Grand, not Grand. She's like Grand, like her last name got hit, hit by a truck and got fucked up a little <laughs> and lost bit. Lost a um, No, she does the great webcomic Oct- Octopus Pie. Yeah, and, and uh, she is legitimately a good cartoonist. She's a fantastic. Cartoonist. Her cartooning, it looks like her Octopus Pie looks like a goddamn like Nickelodeon cartoon or something. It looks like it's or an Adult Swim cartoon in webcomic format. And uh, she's the perfect person to be drawing uh, Adventure Time comics. The folks at Boom Studios have done an amazing job with these Adventure Time comics. Like, the other ones written by um, Ryan Q. North are just fantastic. And this is such a nice addition. I highly recommend anyone who likes... Marceline and his character I know it's gonna be, run out and pick this I up. I don't realize this is going to be about her band. It's Marceline and yes. the Scream, uh, Scream Queens. Well, it's great because it's about... she's she, she, They're starting their first ever tour, and Marceline's kind of nervous about it, and Princess Bubblegum plans their first... Um, their first show because it's like in this Aww, big event yeah. and so um it's about both marceline and princess bubblegum have kind of a crisis and decide that um marceline or princess bubblegum will be the manager up Aww. there and they're going on a tour together it's really great and then they got tree trunks pulling the van yeah what the fuck it's great oh that is goddamn thank you so much for picking this up for me it's that great. is super cool um, speaking of Adventure Time, yeah, the, uh, uh, season one of Adventure Time just came out on DVD this week. Yeah. I would lend it to you, but I already lent it to Dylan, because she's I never seen it before. I have it all on HD on Well, iTunes. no, the packaging is very cute. It 
it's the you don't DVD have to load case. it to me so it's I can see the packaging. Fit, but it comes with a cardboard slipcase where it's his like head, so it, like you pull his body out of his like Finn's hat and everything That's like nice. that. It's very cute. Uh, it's actually kind of a it's kind of a bare bones set. Uh, there's commentary on a handful of episodes. Uh, the best one of which is uh, the lady who plays Tree Trunks in the first Tree Trunks episode. She's such a funny voice. Have you heard of her? She is that character. She's like, I yeah. was in this episode. That's the vibe. That's the vibe He's I like, got. He he warned me to be his cartoon. Well, have you ever read her Wikipedia entry? No. She's like a she million years herself? old. She's uh, yeah, she, the only reason why she's on here clearly is because she's friends with Pedal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, she's apparently she's just this old lady. Yeah, come there's like everyone asked me to make them apple pie. And I'll make them an apple pie. <laughs> everyone loves my apple pies now. <laughs> it's great. You get the feeling they didn't even write the tree trunks character. They just had her sit in front of a a, a mic and then just kind of like, well, I can make a character out of this. I guess I don't know. And she's, like, hanging out with her daughter, too, and her daughter's like, yeah, hey, Mom, what do you think soup is? I think it's her daughter. It's somebody else from with a southern accent. But it's very good. We're all related, you know. Uh, the only kind of special features, there's a behind-the-scenes featurette with the making of Adventure Time, which mm-hmm. is, like, 15-minute long. <laughs> it's this made-up thing where it's Penn Ward just walking around the Adventure Time studios with his mm-hmm. little uh, cell phone camera. Yeah. Except crazy shit ha- is happening. Like, there's a little baby Finn, like, a little miniature Finn, loose, who spits acid, and he's trying to kill everybody. <laughs> And you know, so it's obviously not a real documentary, but it's really funny. And the only other special feature is this, like, fucking... I, never, I didn't even get to the end of this. It's a feature about the guys who make the music for Adventure Time. Yeah. It goes on for fucking ever, and it's fucking hips. It's There's no sense of humor. It's, like, this really terribly edited kind of hipster douchebag kind of thing where mm. the guys, like, making the music, I have, like, kind of really ironic, like, hipster glasses and kind of dress super ironic hipsterly, and it's just, like... They're like, oh, yeah, for the music for this episode, we just used a wire whisk and farted on it. And it's not, like, entertaining or anything. It just goes on and on. It's just like, this, if you ever wanted to prove to anybody that uh, Adventure Time is hipster bullshit, this is the one piece of evidence yeah. you would use against the fandom or the show. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, that's terrible. But aside from that, but, you know, the episodes are still good. But, man, uh, it's a bummer they didn't put this out on Blu-ray because it looks fine on DVD for what it is. But that this show is the, beautiful. This is one right of the first definition. things I've ever looked at where... It looks like shit on DVD. because yeah. like DVD I can't versus, go back to DVD anymore. Because the DVD down, digital downloads I have of the show are mm-hmm. HD. Yeah. And that looks so much better. Like, the versions you get off, off of the iTunes look so much better than the standard definition uh, episodes you get off of uh, the DVD. Yeah. So, I, I don't think we're buying anymore, it. Man. But if you've got, like, if you've already downloaded Adventure Time, aside from the commentaries, you're not missing a hell of a lot here. Yeah. And the one funny special feature of the behind-the-scenes stuff with little evil fins spitting acid at people. I'm sure that's up on YouTube right now, so... But no, that's not terrible. That was good. But yeah, no, it seems like the big Adventure Time thing of this week is is the Marceline comic. Oh, did you see the action figures of Finn and Fiona? They have it. Yeah, uh, Finn. Uh, yeah, where it's little dolls, and they have uh, they come with uh, San Diego uh, press passes. Oh, do they? Yeah, that's, that's the adorable. best part. That's why they're exclusive to the con. Aww. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, nerds. Well, Annie's still just nervously drawing. I'm really anxious. Yeah, don't be anxious. You're on the podcast. I'm going to buy a fucking house. I tried to offer Annie a beer and she started crying. I've had two beers. I've had enough beers. You need beer. to have all the beers. That's right. What time do you have to go to work tomorrow? <laughs> anyway. Not so late. Moving on. You, um, we can, you wanted to watch Resident Evil Live on the podcast. We could just talk about it. Talk about your feelings. Also, at the comic shop this week, I picked up Creepy Number 9, uh, which I picked up because our bro... What the hell was that? It is a horror anthology that's put out by Dark Horse. I oh, picked it up because our this. bro, Emily Carroll, has a great comic in Would it. you say front of the podcast? I would, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps I would. She stopped listening to us 48 it's, episodes it's ago. It's really funny because um, 
Uh, what I love about anthology comics is seeing what strikes you. Because I don't know about you, but in my experience, I'm lucky if I like one third of the comics in an anthology. As someone who colors comics for a Dark Horse th- <laughs> comics anthology. You're not allowed to answer. They're all fantastic. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, it's like, I, 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 horror comics in particular are interesting. Yeah, because... you would never otherwise buy a goddamn horror well, anthology. Well, no. I mean, I'm not necessarily against horror comics. No, because frankly... That's... Comics give me enough distance and enough control that I can read horror and comics where I can't necessarily, or I can I can read horror and books read it on your own pace, more yeah. so than I can watch a movie or anything that's or play a game that's scary. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the first the first story in this is actually really good, and then Emily's is great, and then the rest of them I couldn't even finish. How much was this? Like ten bucks? It's it's actually then Dark Horse Presents book. is like 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 because it's like uh, it was like a couple maybe bucks. five bucks. That's not too bad. So it wasn't bad. I don't regret it. Emily's comic was great and looked great, and the first comic was really good. Man, did you hear Kazu Kazubishi, the guy who put together the Flight anthology? He got like fucking meningitis or something like Poor that. He guy. was in intensive care unit for like nine days, and no one yeah. heard about that. Uh, Scott McCloud today on Twitter was like, "Oh, sorry for Kazu for getting sick." Blah blah blah. That poor kid. Man. Yeah, just thinking about anthology stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Okay. What's it called again? Um, creepy. Creepy number it's nine. Worth, it's worth five bucks. Yeah. I'm sure it's on um, Dark Horse's digital store. Unless you just uh, torn it for free from like four chan. No, you'll never do that. And you email Emily Carroll. Yeah, you have to, you have to email Emily five dollars. PayPal her. PayPal a little extra because PayPal takes out some fees. <laughs> That's right. I'm not. Su- I'm not suggesting that. you torn a Dark Horse comic. <laughs> Everyone said. Emily Carroll about five sixty six. Yeah, five sixty six. Even if you're not gonna buy the comic, torn just it. Generally just, speaking, just surprise the shit out of her. <laughs> we get like one hundred fifty downloads a week. If she suddenly woke up tomorrow with a thousand dollars for free, like from like one hundred fifty people, just saying, "Ah, oh, Billy Annie suggested I just throw you five sixty six. Oh man, did you see on Kickstarter there was this thing there? Uh, oh man. There, uh, somebody was trying to start a Christian Family Guy knockoff oh, cartoon yes. called the uh, A Good Life. A good Life. Yeah. yeah, go to Kickstarter and look up Good Life. It really, it is one of the most hilariously terrible Kickstarters I've ever seen. Uh, I saw at least until a couple days ago. It only had one donation for six dollars and sixty six cents. That's beautiful. It has uh, changed. It's now like seven something. Yeah, it's like seven sixty six. What now. I like most about this pitch is that it yeah, so it's for an animated show that is very clearly Family Guy, but with Christian themes and values. Yeah. The best part is that whatever animation program they use to animate it, it is the demo that they're using to make this because it has the watermark the watermark in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like thank you for using exactly. Dynamics Cartoon oh, Studio or something man. like that. Yeah. Oh. So man, Kickstarter. That is a highlight of my week. Is seeing that Good Life cartoon. I think that that actually may be over by now. It was ending it sometime in the next couple of days, but yeah, Poor bros. it's still be. Man, Kickstarter seems to do a pretty good job preserving even the most failed, bombed ass uh, Kickstarters. Yeah, so exactly. look it up anyway. Have a good laugh. Um, the other comic I picked up this week is um Friends of Boys. Do yeah, you remember Faith Aaron Hicks? Faith Aaron Hicks. I can't fell off yes. my radar. <laughs> Because I haven't, I knew, uh, I, I read her comics we back in the day. We know people have had personality conflicts with her as a human being. Yes. But, I, I liked your comics. And so I haven't heard about her for forever. Yeah. No, I, I told, she kind of fell off my radar. And a friend of mine recommended Friends of well, Boys. Well, not conflicts, but yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, first second put out this uh, comic she did, Friends of Boys. It's really great. It's kind of the comic that Faith Aaron Hicks was meant to draw in a lot of ways. Because it's it, it deals with the, it's about this girl who's going to high school. Um, uh, it's her first, like, week at high school after having been homeschooled, and, um, she, she only, because she was homeschooled, she only really was friends with her brothers, 
her three brothers. And she's dealing with, you know, trying to make friends, being school for the first time. Also, she's dealing with um, a ghost that has been haunting her. She's also dealing with the sudden absence of her mother. That's Faith what I'm going to... I'm going to sting... Have that stinger after the whole game. Oh, thing. this is Faith Aaron Hicks. <laughs> anyway, it was really great. I thought we were talking about Faith Aaron Hicks with E-R-I-N. I thought we were talking about A-A-R-O-N. Like, the transgendered person that Erica got in a fist fight with at Comic-Con six years ago? I have no idea what it's you're like talking It's like giant about. black man? <laughs> That's not the one? Anyway. That's the one we're Bill's, saying people have personality I'm going to let Bill would make whatever he's doing. It's really a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it so much. It was super sweet. Yeah. It's interesting because it deals with, you know, on the face of it, it's about a... Um, a student who has to deal cope with ghosts in their life. It has some th- similar themes with Anya's ghost, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting um, how those two comics deal with them very, very differently. It's super sweet. I enjoyed is it. Is this the ghost of Anya from Buffy? <laughs> That's right, Bill. Is that, is, it, is that actually like a season nine spinoff thing? No, it is not. Bill, are you done making your jokes around this issue? <laughs> what? Um, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it to anybody who would go out there. No, I've it. heard of. I've heard good things about Friends it's with really Boys. I've read up, it you myself. You can read the first like. I always mean to sit down and twenty pages. Faith there and Hicks books. I just never get around to it. You can read like the first page, twenty pages for free online or something yeah. like that. It's, it's a good time. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Good job. You, is that the first big thing first that you've read? Well, I mean, I read back in the day. I read um, Demonology. Demonology 101 yeah. and when she did Ice for Modern Tales. Did, did remember when that? Modern Tales is a thing? Um, I think she so got I remember most when of Ice was her it. new comic. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That was a long time I ago. I know. I think it was like a decade ago, dude. If she ever listened to this, she's going to be like, oh, God, Ice, I forgot to finish it. <laughs> no, I was looking at her website. Like I said, she's fell off my radar just through this, that, and the other. And yeah. uh, I. Well, uh, what, what comic said kind of has that thing happen where people kind of drift in and out of your yeah. attention span? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Good job, Faith. It was really great. It was a lot of fun. Congrats, Um, Faith. The other thing I did this week was I finished the new Penny Arcade game on the Rain Slick Carapace of Darkness. It is fantastic. Yeah? That was so much fun. That was Was the most fun I've had for, like, five bucks in a long time. I, I... It was great. I heard if you pay them... Uh Uh-huh. Half a million dollars. Yeah, Bill? They'll come and finish the game for you. Um, I did not be. I, I bought the first game, never finished it because I didn't you never really enjoy it. Game. I never bought the second. Just game. like everyone else, Just that's like the story else. of everyone else on the face of the planet. They should yeah. have turned over these games to this two-man development team when they started. Is it just two people? It's like maybe it's well, like it's an eight-bit. It's a sixteen-bit art style. Yeah. So I could see why. You it's can... actually great though because there's one sequence where they go back to like an eight-bit RPG sequence. The gameplay Aww. is actually a lot of fun. I bought this. I just haven't gotten gotten past like, the first five minutes. I highly so recommend. It. I started playing The Walking Dead this week instead oh man the walking dead did you play that what 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 system did you buy it for the xbox that was your mistake why i bought it and i played it i played the excuse me i played the demo yeah. on the xbox well that's and it was so transparently designed for a mouse i just was like fuck this did you buy it on steam oh no i haven't bought it at all i, well, I, I liked the look of it i could see it still being playable on i the thought xbox. it was beautiful i had a problem where I, I played the demo got to the end where it said if you want to unlock the rest to get this game pay five dollars i was like okay fine i did that and when the game started up again, it just started the demo again. Mm-hmm. And then I turned my Xbox on and off. And it, when like I didn't have the option to play the full paid game, even though I just plopped down five bucks to play the uh, full game. Yeah. And it's still just like when it got to the end of the demo, it said, would you like to unlock the full game? And I said, yes. And it still said, you have unlocked the full game. Would you like to play it now? And I said, yes. And it just started the demo over again. Aww. And so after like two or three times, I said, fuck, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'll have to start it up again maybe tonight and see if it... I will play it for Steam because I love Telltale. I yeah. want them to do well. Well, that's on sale now. Well, tell, actually, with the Mac, 
uh, at uh, this, I don't know if the sale is going on right now, but the, yeah, the uh, Steam uh, Summer Sale just started yesterday, mm -hmm. and one of the first things they had was the Telltale uh, Adventure Pack for like you get all the Telltale games for fifty bucks, and I think all those games are Mac compatible. Yeah, well, so I, just say, I, I already, Walking Dead. I already own all of the. <sighs> Sam and Max games. Yeah, I own, ba all I, of the I own Back to the Future. Games, and I never will play Back to the Future. Because I don't fucking care. And it looks... Okay, here's the thing. I love Telltale. I do. They're great. All their games play exactly like the first you Sam and Max You saw that they're game. coming out with uh, Robin Hood, right? Don't Disney's even, Robin Hood? Don't even Except fuck you can only, uh, you Don't. Have, stop it. It starts off... You have, like... <laughs> we have to play the... end of the last the Back to the Future games ends up with them in furry uh, medieval England. <laughs> And but you know you can only see that by like buying the first five Back to the Future episodes and playing that far, yeah. Oh, I like your jokes, Bill. Jokes and jokes. I can see Michael J. Fox being a fuckable fox. Michael J. Fox, get it? <laughs> He's like, hey, Robert, we're the same man. We're two foxy Michael J. Fox just showed up on the most the episode of The Good Wife we watched most recently, and yeah. um, he plays a lawyer who uses his disability to sway the jury. Oh, so, so they were cribbing from Arrested Development then, more or less. Because uh, Julia was Julia Louis Dreyfus was blind, and she's like, yeah. oh no, I'm so blind. Well, his thing is that he's he's in a he's on a, a lawsuit that's against a um, drug firm. Oh. And his whole thing is like the drugs from this company allow me to live a normal lifestyle. And, oh, and she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is totally swaying the jury." I guess we're not going to talk about your drug thing. And he's on drugs. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, and he was on a drug thing that turned out to be actually a bad uh, uh, prescription drug that turned out. Yeah, um, there was a huge, huge lawsuit against the the company that made, among other things, Paxil. Because among other things, they were basically um, uh, pushing doctors to prescribe their medicines for things that they were actively like not good for. The darkest things, yeah. This is like one of those prescription drug things that everyone with Tim Hats kind of suspects happens, but it actually was happening. Yeah. Yep. So one of the things they did was that they pushed doctors to prescribe Paxil to teenagers, despite the fact that it um, um, caused suicidal impulses. And Paxil was what you were on. Fuck yes. I don't want to talk about it. I'm super fucking pissed. That's not funny. It's not a fun time That's, of my life. Why did you bring it up? Fuck you. <laughs> you know what's your new Paxil? the darkest time of my life. Me. There you go, Bill. Rain Slick Parapurse of Darkness was great. What else happened in your life, Bill? I played, again, The Walking Dead. No, actually, I like the, the design and everything of The Walking Dead. It's game. beautiful. It's really I like how it's not cel-shaded, but it's yeah. kind of faux uh, cel-shaded, where um, the textures have kind of drawn, like, uh, line art onto the like the the, the characters the models, are kind of textured yeah. kind of roughly, which is you know fitting for uh, a zombie game. Yeah. Uh, but then there was kind of like line art actually on the characters' faces on some bits of their clothing and stuff. And uh, no, it's just like a little adventure game where you're just kind of like exploring environments and making like kind of like mass effecty decisions. For I the, liked it. The, you know, yeah, but this it. is only like what I played the demo over the first episode. It seemed pretty cool. I like Lee, the black guy you're playing as. I like Clementine, even though Clementine sounds like a ridiculous name for. I'm from Atlanta. My name's Clementine. I've met Clementine. Clementine I'm not just saying this. Seems like, well, Bill, I'm... how many Clementines have you met in the Pacific Northwest? There are uh, three Clementines on this table. That's right. Right now, as we speak, literally and figuratively, I'm eating them. Yeah. What no, else? This is fine. Week, uh, what else? Uh, um, what did I do? What is red shirts? Oh, red shirts. Uh, have you ever heard of the author John Scalzi? I've heard of him before, but this is the first I know book. Of him. Yeah. Uh, now people were flipping out about this new book that he wrote called Red Shirts. Which is a parody of Star Trek. 
Um, it's about this guy who gets drafted onto the ship, which, which is just like the Starship Enterprise from the original series, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Not even from the movies or anything like that. And uh, he lives in this view- version of the future where it's kind of like what we would think. It's kind of like the Mass Effect future, mm-hmm. where it's kind of really high tech, but people have access to like, mail and smartphones and things like that. Sure. He gets drafted onto this uh, Star Trek Enterprise type ship. Where it's all kind of like 60s technology, uh-huh. and like, instead of being able to email somebody, they're just like, no, you actually have to go write this down on a piece of paper and hand it to this guy. He's like, what? Why? And he's like, don't ask me why. This is arbitrary. I don't know why this shit runs on the ship like it does, but just do it. And uh, he ends up being a, uh, yeah, just like an ensign on the ship, and he ends up meeting all the other lower crew members on the ship, and they're all terrified whenever the captain or any of the senior officers on the ship show up anywhere. Because uh, they're likely, all the lower officers are likely to get dragged away on, a, on a, uh, an away mission and get killed. Yeah. Just like the red shirts on the original Star Trek series. Yeah. And so there, it's, I've only read the first uh, couple chapters, but it's like, there's no plot yet. It's just playing yeah. around with the fact that like, the super pompous captain and yeah. Yeah, it's very Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And uh, no, it's, it's, it's really cute. Uh, I got it on Kindle for like nine bucks. But yeah, it's funny. Like the guy, he shows up on the, on, like the fake Enterprise ship and he's like, oh, uh... I'd like to know my way around. Could you just like download a map of the ship to my smartphone, and I'll, I'll guide myself. And the guy's yeah. like, "What's, what's a smartphone? Yeah. No, I'm gonna have to guide you around the ship." He's like, "No, really." And just stuff like that, where yeah. it's just kind of funny. But that's not the whole point of the book. But no, that, that that's been pretty cute. But I like I just started that. Um, uh, what else I do? Uh, finished Love and Rockets: The Love Bunglers. Have you ever read Love and Rockets? I've never read any of the Love and Rockets comics. You should like, man, this last issue was fucking fantastic too. Like, this is a comic that's been going on for thirty years though, yeah. so there's a lot of this. Movie. Yeah, I know. Of this got, Love and Rockets. Well, especially when uh, when I think of Love and Rockets, uh, I'm only thinking about the work done by the one brother uh, mm-hmm. Jaime Hernandez, not uh, the other guy uh, Beto Hernandez. Um, Jaime Hernandez, uh, he's been doing the story. For the last 30 years about Hoopy and Maggie, who are these two lesbian punk rockers from uh, this town in Southern California called Hoppers, which is supposed to be like an analogy of, of, of Oxnard in, in California, and just their life and adventures and stuff like that. But he's been uh, doing this comic for 30 years, and the cool thing is uh, he's been actually having the characters age. Oh, so nice. when he first started the comic, when the kids, when these characters were teenagers in like 1981, now the characters are like almost like 50. Oh, nice. And well, especially when he first started off the uh, the comic, it was like the science fiction. It was called Love and Rockets. Yeah. It was kind of this big science fiction goofy comic. Yeah. And he eventually uh, took out all the science fiction elements, so it's a very modern day slice of life stuff. Yeah. But he's never gone to back to re- like to try to like retroactively weed out all the science fiction stuff. Yeah. For some reason, because he'll go back and show like these characters being like little kids, but they're like living in like, like like late sixties. Like, uh, California. Yeah. But th- for some reason, when they're teenagers, they're, like, flying off to Mars and, like, hunting dinosaurs in That's Africa great. and stuff like that. <laughs> but then when they're in their 20s, they're back, you know, just playing, uh, uh, goddamn, uh, Joy Division covers and punk bands and, nice. and, you know, in fucking Nevada and shit like that. And so, uh, everyone was flipping out about this one issue of this comic that got put out last year. I guess instead of putting out monthly issues of this comic... Uh, the uh, Fernandez brothers, they just put out annualized, just like collections. Mm-hmm. And uh, the collection that came out last year, Love and Rockets number four, uh, the new stories, um, everyone was like, oh my God, this deserves to win an Eisner. And actually, when they announced the Eisner Awards nominations, mm-hmm. for the awards that are actually being held right now as we're recording, yeah. everyone was stunned when Jaime Hernandez did not get an, uh, a nomination mm-hmm. for this comic collection. Because this essentially kind of ends the whole 30-year series. Oh, yeah? Because uh, the big thrust of his half of Lo- the Love and Rockets comic was this love triangle between uh, 
uh, uh, Maggie, who is a uh, mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, Hopi, who's just like this like really skinny kind of obnoxious uh, 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 bass player in a, ro- in a rock band, and uh, this artist guy named Ray. Mm-hmm. And Maggie's always trying to figure out whatever that she wants to, you know, her, whether her true love is uh, Hopi or Ray and stuff like that. She ends up with Ray at the yeah. end of the comic. But it's very cute. But the kids are old and fat and all fucked up now. But it's very goddamn cute. Yeah. And the way, like, Jaime Hernandez draws, he just does great cartooning of, like, faces. And so I was I was talking with Dylan about this today. About, this is especially, this one issue of this comic is fantastic. Because he's jumping back and forth in time uh, to all these different periods uh in the lives of these two characters and he draws them all in these different ways in periods of their life when these characters are like three years old when yeah. they're 10 years old when they're 15 when huh. they're like in their 20s when they're 50 yeah and they're all recognizable but like when the characters get old and fat it's not like cartoony like i'm old and fat and saggy but it's like yeah. realistic like the guy gets a paunch and, and and the lady she actually gets people have always joked about how uh in the 90s uh this the main character maggie got fat she just got big bones. She got a couple pounds on her. Yeah. But at the end of this comic, she actually gets fat. She's like, nice. she's like eating pie. She's got like a double chin. Her head just kind of turns into her her her, her shoulders. But it's so cute. It's shot so cutely. It's guy. Yeah, it was just it's adorable. And it's a good comic. But I would not recommend it to anyone who does not have a lot of experience reading Love and Rockets, uh, Love and Rockets comics. Because like I said, it's the culmination of thirty years of story. Yeah. And I think there's still it's not the last Love and Rockets story, but it is definitely like at the end of this story. Yeah, which uh, he's actually kind of put had kind of like artificial endings to the comic before. Originally, Love and Rock had stopped with issue fifty when it was like in the mid nineties. Yeah, and that actually ended with uh, two of the characters riding off in the sunset. But it's not like you know he has no problem like continuing the story beyond what some people would consider an, a proper ending. And, sure, which is very cool. So I read that, and uh, yeah, on everyone's recommendations, and actually turned out to be as good as everyone was saying. Isn't it nice when this people say, "Hey, this is badass." It was actually especially with me because I love hating everything. And I'm just waiting for an excuse to complain. The universe. And I was like, "Oh, this is very cute." Yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, Love and Rockets. Man, I'm trying to think. If you've never read Love and Rockets before, where do you start? Because, like I said, the the early stuff looks nothing like the newer stuff. And even the stories are completely different because, like I said, it's early sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Whereas the, I don't know, start off with like Wigwam Bam or something from the like early '90s or something. I don't know. Oh, the Lindy. Well, you know, I used to have all the Love and Rocket stuff. I think I sold it when I moved out to Portland because I just had to get rid of stuff. Fuck! I like those comics. Well, no, there's actually I think there's a big uh, collection of the Jaime Hernandez half of the Love and Rocket stuff called Locus. Oh, yeah. And Lucas, too. Those are two big hardbound books. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that collects all that stuff. So if you really just wanted to drop, like, 40 bucks and get all of the Jaime Hernandez stuff that leads up to this comic, I guess that's the easiest way to do it. Anyway, I spent way too long talking about Maggie and Hopi. <laughs> I love those characters. It's ridiculous. Sure it's a Mexican soap opera. That's great. Should I say Mexican because they're technically Mexican-Americans? Or Huertas? Anyway. All right. Speedy Vato. What? Bill, are we ready to do this week interview? There's this one comic where he's painting her, Maggie, in the 90s. One of my favorite comic panels ever. And she's like pulling her tits up and she's making faces. And there's one where she makes this like face. And it's the funniest drawn picture of a human being I've ever seen in a comic book. I'll have to make that this week's header image. Please don't. Oh, it's great. Sometimes she's not naked. My mom visits. It's, 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 a, it's a lady in a tank top making a face like, bruh. I'm just saying. Okay, what what else do you do this week? What's going on? That's it. That's why I said you want to move on to the Geek Quick Review. Oh, we did. Did we talk about everything? I talked about everything I had. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just reviewing. Okay, I thought we had so much more stuff. All right, 
friend. Why Bill's... can I not trust you? <laughs> Bill's not focused. <laughs> We're gonna take a little break. Bill's gonna say. Oh, I was convinced this was gonna take up half the podcast because I had so much shit to talk about. But it turns out like I barely did anything actually. <laughs> I got published in Nintendo. What I what I have to say what about that? Nintendo Power. They love me. All right, friends. We'll be back in a little bit. We'll talk about the Geek Week in review. Okay, welcome back to the podcast uh, for the Geek Week in Review. So we got a lot of shit to talk about. Well, we were, uh, we were kind of like didn't have a lot to talk about last week because everyone was holding their news for goddamn San Diego Comic-Con this yeah. week. But this week, we got a fucking embarrassment of riches when it comes All to talking about bullshit. All the news possible. Yeah, there's actually a lot of stuff we could talk about, but we're not because otherwise this would be a fucking four-hour podcast. Yeah. Jesus we'll, Christ! We'll hit the high notes. Um, one of the interesting high notes is Google announced a global campaign to legalize gay marriage. Did you see the details on this? Because I didn't. I just. I well, the news <laughs> came Bill out and I was headline. like, "Well, this might be interesting to talk about." I figured you being our gay representative on yes, the podcast as your token gay. Did you do the research? As your token faggot, let me tell you what happened. Do you feel more secure that Google got your back? No, it's actually very sweet because their whole thing is that Google's they buy have... your new house for you, right? That's right. They got the cash to pay um, for that. That's part of their new gay camp- pro gay campaign. Is they're buying any gay that they want uh, at house. It's okay to so, be gay. It's okay to be gay and have yeah. house. Um, no, uh, they, uh, they're like, we have employees who are gay in parts of the world where it is at best, you know, yeah, if you yeah. have domestic partnership and at worst illegal. Like, so, like most one of, the of America. First, well, no, one of the, it's actually mostly international. Like they're having, doing a but big I'm just thing. saying, it's funny that you think about like, there are actually yeah. some nations where that's okay all around, but even in America... Well, they're starting in, like, fucking iffy. Syria. Oh, yeah, like, and really, like, yeah. Yeah, a place where it is, like, not just... Well, this doesn't even sound like a ca- campaign to legalize gay marriage as much as to educate it's, people it's and stuff. Like it's not, they're not, like, fighting laws or anything like that. No. They're just... It is a cultural, it's a social thing. Yeah, social cultural. It is an attempt to cause a cultural shift. Not a bad idea. Which, you know, hey, anytime a big corporation wants to put their money into that, I'm okay with that. So, that's exciting. Paul McCartney is writing music for Bungie. I saw the head... This is another thing. I saw the headline. Wrote it down for the well, podcast. he tweeted, burr, burr, burr. at Bungie writing music. I'm like, really? What the fuck is he writing? <laughs> you know what? Because he used to be in a band called Wings, and he was writing uh, for, for Halo. There go. figure. Burr, oh, no, I burr, guess burr, burr. Bungie... Oh, this must be for the new game. Oh, I forgot that Bungie's not making Halo games. Say, so you got that joke That's right. Yo, what the fuck? Yeah. Does anyone even care about Paul McCartney to even be impressed about, oh, they got Paul McCartney. They got an 80-year-old man to write a song for their new video <laughs> for game. Their, for their man shooter. I'm assuming it's for their new video game. It's yeah. not just like one of the employees just wanted to propose it's to his wife birthday. and they wanted Paul McCartney to be there. Yeah, That's we right. sing, <laughs> we sing your birthday. What's their song? <laughs> we sing on the podcast. We gotta pay for the We're gonna get sued. Watch Bill. I'm gonna it's do my next point. So they've been trying to develop an assassin. Oh, we're gonna screen. get through this in five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so they've been trying to get an Assassin's Creed movie off the ground for years now, and it just recently came out that Michael Fassbender will produce and star in an Assassin's Creed movie. I love Michael Fassbender. I, I'm not, for it. Get, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's... Uh, do you know anything? Did you research this anymore? I'm hoping well, you're researching all my notes for me, <laughs> is all I'm saying. It's one of those things where the press release came out, so we'll see if anything ever actually happens from it. But, you know, this a lot of times... will never be made. Well, you know, sometimes all it takes is that little bit of star power to shoot things off, you know? 
Uh, I'm assuming there's got to be a character there or some kind of time period that he's interested in. Well, that's well, the nice thing about Assassin's Creed. It can take, exactly. take, take place at any time The implication place. is that Michael Fassbender will be the modern day person. You think so? Yeah. That, well, that was the implication. It would be like 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 some kind of Germanic, Irish, World War II maybe. He's already done like... So that's the question. Are they going to do the thing where they take the name and the basic premise and then it's something unrelated? Or... Well, no, you can have, like, an Assassin's Creed movie that doesn't have anything to do with the games and that, like, it doesn't, yeah. like, it's just takes place in a new era yeah. that's not covered by the that's games. A, the, that's this thing that is exciting about Assassin's Creed is all the possibility inherent in Assassin's Creed. not the plot. Who gives a shit about the actual, like, the overall mythology of Assassin's Creed? Bill, Even the most diehard are you, are you people... trying to tell me that you don't care about the Immortals? What are the Immortals? The, well, are those the, the aliens, aliens that seeded a humanity? Oh, is this I don't the know Prometheus they're actually bullshit? Called... Wasn't that the Garden of Life where they made people and we escaped from a high-tech lab? I think it was actually called Eden, man. This is not Assassin's Creed. I love Assassin's Creed. I do. I have a big soft spot for Assassin's Creed. It's bad. I remember, do you remember when the first Assassin's Creed came out and I was so excited about the sci-fi stuff? Like, there was so much possibility for this to be really neat It would have still different. been interesting if they actually, the guy who invented Assassin's Creed was still at the studio, but he left years ago, so, yeah. Well, who knows? Now they're just making shit up. Well, I think they have a vague master plan. I just but think it's, it's so big, and then, like, they're pushing the goalpost around the field by coming out with filler games, like that whatever the last game you were playing was. No, the last game was not filler. See, you didn't play it. If you played it, Revelations you actually... You said it was bullshit! Well, I did not. I, well, that's not true. I did not... Enjoy it, but I don't. It? Yeah, oh yeah. I haven't played the DLC. The what DLC is actually what made me most angry. Revealed? The DLC revealed that Lucy was a plant from day oh, one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, still mad. That's about what I'm that. saying. That's that's the kind of that's the that's the twist you throw in when you got nothing else to kind of like. But you know what? That there's, twist. They this put, dead character was they a stuck bad. That twist in the DLC that no one will play. That's really what pissed me off. That shows how little they cared for that character. That's what I'm saying, and that's the oh. direction of that series. Assassin's Creed. You made me mad. Someone can come in and fix Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, uh, uh, is it Assassin's Creed 3 that's coming out this year? It's going to end? Technically, yes. And you have to pay $5 to find out whether or not America wins the war. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to take advantage of everyone being so stupid about American history. Did you know that American history is the least proficient, uh, commonly taught course in American high schools? That's like a basic thing. Even more than math than anything? Yeah, I was reading a report, like, American history of all things, that's the one where everyone falls down the hardest. Well, I think it's because everyone assumes that, you know, a certain degree of, so they don't put a lot of effort into it. Of all the things, when you're looking at a budget... When you're when you're making a budget for a school year, like what is the least sexy? Thing That's on true. Here? What is the, seems like the least essential? I could see American history getting. We're, you know what? We're gonna buy a copy of Ken Burns' The uh, Civil War. One copy on VHS for three thousand students. In my high school, um, we had half semester of American history and half a semester of Texas history. Motherfuckers. Whoa. Hell yeah. Texas has the most hilarious history. I fucking love Texas. Was that the kind of school where they also like? Uh, okay, if we have to fight for our, uh, to become a, a single state again. The, the guns are on this level at the school. <laughs> no, however, the men's locker room in our gymnasium was a nuclear fallout shelter. shelter. Not the women's. So, not the women's. <laughs> you know, because Sorry, you ladies. want to repopulate the human race, it's the men you want well, to keep around. the slutty ladies who will procreate are already in the men's locker oh, that's room. That's actually so true. they're just, you know... Oh, man, that's so terrible. There's a nuclear war. Only the, uh, only the sluts get to propagate. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> then again, technically, I guess it's, we're all... No. Technically, we're all the product of sluts anyway. <laughs> Bill Mudger in a world of sluts. <laughs> oh dear. It's That's why in Prometheus when the guy takes his robe off, it should have been a slut. I'm not slut shaming. It should have been Snooky. 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to propagate humanity with life. My ovaries. Uh, I'm going to fuck a plant. What were we talking about? What? We're talking about the Assassin's Creed movie, I think. <laughs> anyway, um, moving uh, on. I'm saying to... what is... The guy speaks native German and Irish. Irish? <laughs> he does It just seems like it would be something Irish. like, you know, I don't know. But then he's already done the World War II thing. He doesn't want to be pigeonholed. Um, I it could be good. Fastbender shivin some other. If you got a good with the goddamn dagger hand, and a really good art director, and a that's really good a thing. Can't really Scott because at least you know it can look pretty. Yeah. Assassin's Creed, the first game was already ripping off Kingdom of Heaven. Might exactly. as well like Come complete the fucking circle. Exactly. And what the hell is really Scott doing? It's not like he's making another Prometheus. Uh, seriously, that movie was. They're making another Prometheus. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Made too much money. Did you see Ridley Scott at Comic Con when somebody asked him about it? He just went. But he did that for like an hour. That's the, what the rest of the con was. Anyway, according to Carl Actually, Urban, wheel him away because he started big giggling bad and the next, I will not talk to you about Prometheus. <laughs> I'm just for the sake of our friendship, we're never going to talk about Prometheus ever it was again. A pretty movie. According to Carl Urban, the big bad in the next Star Trek movie will be Gary Mitchell. Explain to me who the hell Gary You're Mitchell not tell is. Me who Gary Mitchell. This is why Annie's disappearing for the Star Trek. <laughs> we're going to do another Star Trek podcast in two weeks, everybody. Uh, Gary Mitchell is uh, the uh, the one of. Uh, He's actually the name for the... You know the big engines on the back of the ship? Yeah. With the red lights and shit? Yeah. It's the left one. For some reason, they named those? You know what they call the other one? Benedict Cumberbatch will be amazing rear-engined. Well, yeah, well, he's got to stand still. They're doing body casts and shit like that. But he's going to have a face. The you know what the other... This joke the other nacelle is called just Elizabeth... Just what's, down. What's, what's your Sauters. grandma's maiden name? Sauterus. <laughs> no, uh, Gary Mitchell is the best friend of uh, James T. Kirk... Uh, this is like in the second episode of the show, uh, of the original series of Star Trek from the 60s. Uh, this, uh, best friend of Captain Kirk, he gets, like, zapped by some kind of, like, alien laser beam or something like that, and he gets godlike powers and he starts fucking shit up, and it's down to Captain Kirk to talk him down from, like, fucking up the universe with his new godlike powers. He gets silver eyeballs, and he's kind of scary, and he keeps on looking down at people, because he can't see out of his eyes, because he's got, uh, like, silver contacts on. It's not very imposing, even though it's supposed to be kind of scary. And uh, and uh, some hot chick, hot blonde chick. She also gets silver eyeballs too. It's kind of weird. <laughs> You're making a really compelling case for this there, Bill. There's a lot of room to improve on in the episode. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Gary Mitchell. Gary Mitchell. Oh, I think Gary Mitchell was also played by the same guy who was in 2001. I think that's the same guy. Oh yeah. In the movie 2001. Yeah. Not that it's some guy I saw in th- 2001, like walking past the the, the, you know, the Frogert shop. Didn't you used to work at a TC- TCBY? I did. One of my first jobs was at a TCBY. I was a yogurt slinger. Didn't you get kicked out for stealing jimmies? That's right. Did you, you got kicked out because you put your no, hands in the jimmy like jar you and you jimmies. said, my jimmies are rustled. I, that is... Damn, you're not, I'm not, not, not going to laugh? No. You are in a down mood because you bought a house. <laughs> you're the only person I know who says, I have made plans for my future. I am going to draw... Well, no, my... My thing, reason why I'm stressed is that I just put in an offer. That offer. doesn't mean shit. You might get rejected. Yeah, or lots of things can happen. Just be like the John Hughes of, uh, of home finance. That's right, Bill. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, you're you're like you're like who's the blonde chick? I who's the redheaded chick? The reason why I do not like breakfast the club serve froyo movement is because I spent I the was bank is a Judd Nelson slinger. Yeah, and I do not. I'm not going to do that for you, motherfuckers. You pay some sad sack teenager seven dollars an hour to do it for me. What What were your favorite toppings? Toppings? Yeah. Um, my favorite thing to make at TCBY, I did not do yogurt. Because you were allowed one free dish. Oh, you dish. cakes, right? 
Well, I, I did. I made cakes, but whenever I had my free treat, I had, oh, you had a free treat. You get a free Aww. treat, man. You never told me about this. Um, I would get a um a white chocolate mousse um Oreo uh, uh milkshake. Ooh. That's some good shit right there. That's some choice shit. I'm just saying. Oh. They're white chocolate mousse. They, they know still this have shit. This? Oh yeah. Oh man, uh, this this is the most exciting thing to happen to me this week. Aside from being published in Nintendo Power, actually, this this usurps being published in Nintendo Power. I made a joke on Twitter about how uh, pepperoni, the dog snack treat mm-hmm. that is like pepperoni for dogs, P U P E R O N or Y or whatever uh-huh. that's pronounced, is uh, it actually just as good as normal pepperoni. On pepperoni pizza, once you put it in the oven long enough on top mm-hmm. of a piece of pizza. It, it, you know, if you're working on a low budget, mm-hmm. you can't get, get your hands on expensive real pepperoni. And the fucking pepperoni p- Twitter account starts putting <laughs> me back, like, Bill, that, that's not for you. That's for your dog. And I'm like, but I, 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 I don't have a dog. And they're like, well, we certainly hope you bought that pepperoni for your, for your <laughs> friend's actually... dog. They start a conversation on Twitter. Yeah, look on Twitter for Mudred and Pupperoni. And there's a little bit of a conversation. That shit cracked me up. The fact that they're like, someone's like Googling on Twitter, like, who's talking about Pupperoni this week? Oh my God, this son of a bitch is talking about putting it on a pizza. We got we to gotta stop a lawsuit right here. We got to tweet at this guy. Please don't eat the guy I named love, Pupperoni. I love the job of um, brand Twitter brand minor. Yeah, that's, man, well, you should get on that. You should be doing that for your job. Which I can't say I've, what it is. That's right, actually. Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Dairy, Dairy Queen. Queen. Whenever everyone's like, man, Dilly Bar, you get on that. You're like, oh, fucking Dilly anyway, Bar. Tell me about your Wes Anderson news, what though. Because I'm not bar? even going to read it because I don't care. What? Oh, man, you haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom? I still have Best I will. that's come out this summer. I actually will see Moonrise We're Kingdom. We're talking about Batman like next week. Batman comes out next week. Batman comes out next week, man. Batman. It's a week anniversary of not Batman not being out. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about whether Batman's going to live or die later. Uh, we had a Wes Anderson for his next untitled film, which takes place in Europe. Uh, his cast is going to be Owen Wilson, Johnny Depp, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Jude Law. You like Jude Law? Don't you like Jude Everyone Law? thinks I like he Jude not Law. Sexy. I like Jude Law just fine. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, Adrian Brody. You like him, right? He played Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. <laughs> you love Willem Dafoe. He played the, the Batman. He just got cut off. Uh, supposedly this is going to be an adaptation of Downton Abbey with Ge- Angela Lansbury just talking shit about uh, what's her name from Hogwarts the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> what the fuck does she You're think in a she funny is? mood tonight. What? Bill's just riffing on everything tonight. She's like, fuck that. Wait, what's Lady Bill Maggie Smith? Bill is trying Smith? to riff more to make up for you my know, Maggie Smith mood. is related to Matt Smith. They they kind of look alike. Man, I've been watching the second season of Downton Abbey. I watched the first episode. Yeah. Maggie Smith's eyeballs are all fucking off the hook. <laughs> See through the planet Earth through like Australia and Africa at the yeah. same time in, in all these scenes in this first episode. Um, she's getting old. She's getting old. Just throwing that out there. Did you know? People who are older. We need to old. watch Time. It's a Wonderful Time to Have a War. What the hell that's called again? What oh, was that called? War? Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because it's about World War One. It was about World War One, right? Downton Abbey's about World War One, so it's like there's two 
Maggie Smith's in the same place. The I want Maggie Smith from Oh, the Lovely War to exist in the world of Downton Abbey. She is a she is a um uh in in Oh, the Lovely World. I don't know if you remember this. She plays the isn't she a pretty um uh singer and cabaret dancer? Yeah, she who got woos men into signing up for the war effort through her beauty. Yeah, man, that's a double feature. That's right. Oh man, you should you should watch down that because it's got nice guys and outfits. Why? It's a crummy soap opera. It is a crummy soap opera. So everyone likes to play. Did we talk about this last week? How everyone plays it off? It's like a a beautiful historical document. (laughs) The actual thing is like the gooniest fucking soap opera. It's so not for me. It's okay. I need. Oh, but the main actress who plays Mary, the oldest sister, she looks like your cat Bailey. Her eyes are too, <laughs> they're too they're too close apart. I do love my cat Bailey. She <laughs> looks like yeah. I'm just saying. I just throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Udon is publishing a brutal legend art book. I'm this is, super excited about that. Udon, the publisher of like the Street Fighter and Capcom, they've done a lot of video game art books. Yeah. So man, it's a weird it's weird timing. That now they're coming out. Years. Oh, you I guess know they're, what? they're posting off the success of Double Fine's Kickstarter, aren't they? That's what it is. What are you talking about? <laughs> because waiting for three years after a <laughs> failed video game. bombed video game. <laughs> I think the iron is hot right now. <laughs> I love releasing a sequel. Let's put out an art book of this game that no Brutal one cared Legend, about. You can say a lot about Brutal Legend. Everyone loved the art direction of Brutal Legend. Yeah. Like the concept art that I've seen from it is fantastic. I'll get it just to get a bunch of Scott C. artwork. Yeah, Scott Campbell, yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't know if, uh, well, this is one of those things that just got dropped at a random, uh, Comic-Con thing today, so I don't think there's any pricing or release. I don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I would imagine that they'll be coming out sometime this fall, though. Now, how long is it going to take for them to put out a fucking book? Um. Hey, Bill, how's your Mario book going? How's the Nintendo That's a going? whole company, I'm one guy. <laughs> oh, man, I think I finished the beginning of it. I think it's, I'm actually, oh, I gotta send that off to Rachel next week, maybe. We'll see. Um, God damn it. I think I'm going to get sued. I think Hiroshi Yamaguchi is going to come after me. I'm showing him gambling illegally in the book. We got to talk to Rachel about that. We got to we got to get that through uh 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 we got to get it through legal. Yeah, through legal. So, um this is exciting. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> Less than 24 hours after we talked on last week's podcast about um um alcohol induced <laughs> fights at Jackie e. Cheese. Yeah. Um some lady went nuts and stabbed <laughs> And step for people. That's not funny, but step for people. The, the Chuck E. Cheese that Bill went to when he was a little boy. The Chuck E. Cheese in Monroeville. The first Chuck E. Cheese I ever went to when I was a kid, like in 1980. This lady went nuts at it. Like, something about her kid. I think it was her, like, a birthday party for her kid. And her 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 her, her baby daddy brought his girlfriend. And so she went and got a knife and a brick. She brought a brick to a kid's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, stabbed four people and bricked someone else. And this is like the Chuck E. Cheese I grew up in. This is 24 hours after we were talking about how hilarious they're serving alcohol and all the fist fights that happened at Chuck E. Cheese now because they serve alcohol. So basically, y'all, Oh, um, my God. This is back in Pittsburgh. This is Monroeville. Monroeville also being, uh, that's where uh, Dawn of the Dead, speaking of zombies and stuff. Oh, I was going to say. This original, sounds familiar. This is actually probably right outside the zombie mall from Dawn of the Dead. Um, so our podcast has terrifying powers, y'all. So yeah, we got prognostication. We got to be nice wah, wah, about wah, 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 things. Wah. What are we gonna joke about this week? That's actually kind of come true. <laughs> Did we say anything horrible this week? Probably. If Maggie Smith suddenly goes disappearing with the notes, <laughs> I would. Went... <laughs> <laughs> Something terrible happens. With Maggie she falls out. It's like a zombie movie. It's all on you, Bill. They have to poke her eyeball back in a stick and, and continue finishing you. season three of Downton Abbey. 
Oh, oh man. God. Uh, man. So, um, in Kickstarter news, someone's broke. <laughs> Did you hear that supposedly this is happening because one of the Penny Arcade guys have a has a monster drug habit that needs to be covered up? This is the theory I saw repeated by this several people on NeoGAF. Anyway. So, anyway, Bill is jumping to the punchline. Um, uh, of course, all oh, y'all yeah, probably heard about this. Um, oh, shit. Penny Arcade decided to start a Kickstarter for asking for $250,000, and the pitch is that they would rather do a be um, reader-supported reader than ad-supported. It's not a bad idea. The venue they're doing it in is stupid. Yeah, that could be argued. So, Penny Arcade had done this before. Back in the day, when it was a two-man operation, they did operate on donations. I yeah. remember this. Um, through the through Amazon, Amazon has like an like honor that, system yeah. or something like that. Anyway, well, it's like so, a Kickstarter's actually run through Amazon now too. Yeah, that's, that's how point. the payments are all handled. That's a good point. So anyway, um, yeah, they asked for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What's really weird is that they it's like they have like a fourteen man company. This is not some piddly company anymore. No, they have so an actual company. It's what not cracks just... me up is they're like so for two hundred fifty thousand dollars they will remove some ads. Is it just some ads? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was all the ads. Uh-uh, motherfucker. It's like, what? They will re- for $250,000, which is what they're asking for, they will remove the ads from, like, the front page. But still on all the sub pages and everything like that, they'll have ad content. Well, it is cheaper just to install fucking ad blocker yep. at that point. So they, they, they need, at a full million dollars, they will go entirely ad-free. I can believe that. A 14-man company well, might need a million dollars to survive it, for it, a year. It, well, without any they were advertising. Asked, it, and this is my first thought. A hundred million, uh, excuse me, only a million dollars to run a fourteen-man operation plus rent, utilities, and all the shit they've got in Seattle and probably prime real estate. Well, they have said that that is that is less than they make with ads. I'm like, no shit, it's less than you make with ads, guys. Although they do a lot of ad work, it's not even fact the fact that they run ads, but they also do. Fucking ad comics and shit for yeah. companies. Like they like, like here's an eight page Assassin's Creed and... Assassin's Creed comic yeah. and shit. Yeah. So yeah, they it's a big deal yeah. and it's not necessarily a bad idea. But the way they did it in Kickstarter was super disrespectful. Like all the tears were jokes. Almost all the tears were jokes, and um, they weren't really clear. Like like I said, like you you looked at it and even you didn't know that it wasn't technically fully ad free. Just less ads. And they weren't, um, they did not come clear and say, oh, well, we'll spend that time making more stuff. They, or they made, said it obliquely. Well, at first it was just, they we, said it obliquely. Here's what, like, like, we just don't want to have ads anymore. Yeah. And then they were like, well, that means when, we when, they, when the backlash happened, which happened yeah. immediately, they started yeah. saying, well, no, like, if it means it's, we don't have to worry about ads, this means more content we could produce for you guys. Yeah. The more crazy, like, the crazier sh- oh, we can get away with our, our content because we yeah. don't have to worry about pissing off advertisers. Well, people point out what, what's going to happen if this works out. What's going to happen to advertisers of PAX? You think anyone's going to pull out of PAX or something? Oh, no. Like, get, um, get pissed off? Well, Penny, Penny Arcade has fucked around with developers before we're still at PAX. Well, also, I know, but still. Well, that's true. Well, they the do PAX the hand-picked website. advertising. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah. All the advertising on the PAX website and on the Penny Arcade report and on um, PATV will still be That's all curated. Around. No, they'll still be there. I'll Even if they there? can make a million dollars. So it's all just off the front page. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And, like, if they make a full million, then it'll be off all their comic pages, too. But, yeah, the big thing is, like, this should not have been on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for this to be on Kickstarter, uh, other than the fact that, like, well, a uh, friend of the podcast, Matt, was talking about how they couldn't just hire somebody to uh, pay him a couple thousand bucks just to create a donation page. Well, to be or fair. Or something like that, or some kind of... To be fair, here's what I said. I can understand why they did it through Kickstarter, because there's a whole infrastructure yeah. there to get, why to get this done. Up? But it's just like, it looks bad. When you've got millionaires asking for money on Kickstarter... That's where it gets uncomfortable, you know? That's... I don't know, technically they're probably not millionaires, but they, you know, they, they're the richest guys in webcomics. Yeah. Starting a, asking Coming for money. 
you know? It's a little... I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think they don't deserve it, necessarily. No, no, but... no. But it's just... Yeah. And I like I said, I'm really curious to see what they do without ads on the on the side. I don't think it's a bad... But I like the way it's being presented and the way they, they, they chose to do it is 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 kind of weird. I mean, Vinny um, Arcade is not afraid to try weird and new things, but yeah. I'm really surprised that Robert Koo signed off on this. Yeah, because it just from the PR angle, it just it seems really iffy. And yeah, everyone's pissed off because, yeah, the tiers are all like, pay us $500 and we'll follow you on Twitter. Paying us $1,000 and we'll retweet one of your tweets. Yeah. And, or no, pay us like $750 and we'll let you become our friend on Xbox Live. Yeah. And this is obviously like this is they're kind of like they're kind of joking. They're it's joking. Not, it's not entirely. They're in not it. actually suggesting that it's worth seven hundred and fifty dollars for you to become their friend on Xbox Live. It's just what else are they going to do? They're busy working on the webcomic. It's not like they have an op- like chance to actually make stuff. To... Yeah, yeah. Their whole thing is that they didn't want to have merch or anything. This is just a fundraiser. It's... Yeah, that's exactly. All it is. They're trying to make money to keep the lights on. Yeah, and so not that they need the money. That's a funny thing. Yeah. They could just keep on working the way they have, but yeah. it just kind of. But, uh, of course, that came across as, like, yeah, pay us $1,000 and we'll let you pay, uh, pay in our house. One of the things was, like, if you pay, like, $1,000, you get to intern at Penny Arcade. Yeah. That, like... For a day. And you know interning would just For be... A day. you it would, it would It would just be you eating pizza and hanging out playing ping pong. You wouldn't actually be, like, college accredited going out and getting them drinks or anything like that. You'd be shooting the shit. You'd have their interns actually serving you. Yeah. But just the way they presented it, it just looks bad. It makes However, them look snobbish. However, there was one snobbish. tier that it, they added later after yeah. feedback that actually sounds kind of great where um, for $2,500, um, Robert Koo will sit down with your and look at your business and give you a thorough business analysis. Although if you're paying $25,000 just for a meeting with Robert I was going to say, that speaks so... I would assume that would be half the joke of the first thing is like, you know what, paying you $25,000 for this is probably not the best idea. Yeah. But that, no, that's actually, that's an actual... But then you're actually mixing helpful things with jokey things and it's yeah. kind of, yeah. So whatever. Have you looked at the tiers since they first launched? No, I just saw it the they, first they day because everyone was changes. flipping out about so, so hard yeah. about that. Did they still have like the intern and mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they be our friends on Xbox Live? Well, it seemed like like uh, a lot of those smaller tiers were getting taken up super fucking fast. Like there were only fifty spots open for the pay us to be uh, on our on our Xbox Live friends list, and that got taken up really quickly. So yeah. I don't know, but whatever. It's not the end of the world, but it's it's, it's weird. It's weird though, and yeah. this this is kind of like. This is not what you want to see on Kickstarter. Yeah, it's not a project; it's just a fundraiser. But I mean, because you're not, not getting any Kickstarter. Any... Why not? Because it's supposed to be for specific projects. It's not supposed to be for. It's for a year of Penny Arcade comics ad free. <sighs> I, I I am not I, I I see why y'all are like psych like emotionally feels bad for kicks to match for Kickstarter, but there's no reason not to. There's no reason. I'm not saying I'm not saying they should be like illegal or they should be kicked off a of Kickstarter, but people are justified in going like what. And it kind of makes, it kind of like makes other Kickstarters look bad. What I'm saying is that if 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 I'm married and you're gay, getting gay married, I was gonna say what are they? It makes my marriage. I know exactly. Yeah, shut up. This Bill. is what it boils down to. It's yeah. like I don't, I, how 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 is this a Kickstarter being successful in any way, shape, or form, damaging to other Kickstarters? I can't think of a gay joke about being Kickstarter. <laughs> <a> Kickstarter. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll be letting uh, people uh, have Kickstarters with their dogs. <laughs> if you let, Penny, if you fund Penny Arcade, <laughs> it'll just be besti- bestiality money Kickstarters anyway, all over the place. Uh, now going on to an actual Kickstarter that sounds like a train wreck. Sketch. How do you say this? Ouya. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, people have been saying, "Oh yeah." Mouth, mouth. So. <laughs> This is a, a console oh, that 
it, emotionally it sounds great. I can no, see it's not why a bad idea. Do. It is a uh, just some scrappy dudes like let's make a console. It's gonna be on Android and open, open source. source, and you can hack it, and you can do whatever you want with it. Guys, you want that sound special? It's like a bunch of dudes heard about the Steam Box said, hey, let's get on well, that. Well, let's actually make that a real thing, yeah. Exactly. So everybody got really excited about it. It was like one of the highest funded, most rapidly funded Kickstarters It's over four. Ever. It's it, like, I think they were asking for like a quarter of a million dollars. They've got over four million dollars now, which is almost a million dollars more than I think than even the Double Fine Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. This is this may it's... actually get up to there. I think the biggest uh, Kickstarter was, what is the iPhone? It's a t- there's a ten million dollar Kickstarter out there yeah. that which was like the iPhone dock yeah or was it the Pebble yeah. Watch yeah. or or something like Whatever. that but this yeah, may actually it's... get up close to that and this is gonna be the biggest boondoggle well there's the no actual prototype hardware actually built yet yeah they said they're working on the uh, like the design the outer case of the design but there's no actual hardware you can't play this thing it's it a bunch doesn't of kids exist the dream and beyond that it's based on the Android marketplace yeah. roughly and Android it's a smartphone marketplace it's for touch toy or touch games how do you play a touch game be, with a controller you're not gonna be playing it just seems like such a bad idea. You see idea. the controller? They, they, they refuse to show the whole controller because the controller hasn't been laid out. If, you haven't seen a D-pad on there because the D-pad is actually, like, that's pro, that, that's, a, the, that's a patent that Nintendo owns. So it's going to be some crappy, like, circle thing or something like that. Oh, and it's just, yeah, this is going to be the worst. It wor- just seems sketchy People are already predicting this may be the, the, the Kickstarter project that kind of, like, blows a hole in Kickstarter's uh, yeah. reputation. The Penny Arcade Report had a really good article on well, why it's a big scam. And they said also, ha ha ha, hilarious because we're playing arcade. We're talking about sketches. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, that yeah, uh, uh, Ben Kuchera at uh, Penny Arcade Report, he did a really good uh, report about and that. And Game of Sutra had a really good one on it. Did too. you see? Uh, speaking of uh, Ben Kuchera, did you see his report about Xbox Live? No, you wouldn't, because this happened just no, came I, out today. No, I read that during my lunch. Uh, yeah, about how uh, Xbox Live dashboard, or not just Xbox Live, but Xbox dashboard is just focused just for advertising and not oh, actually yeah. selling games oh, which, pretty that's not a shocker yeah. everything's advertising these days but how uh yeah, the dashboard the Xbox... has been drifting away from games for years now yeah with, with but it's not even other content one. i can see it's video yeah. content but it really is just ads 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 yeah. with any other kind of content being pushed yeah. aside people uh people who make their living selling games on xbox live have been complaining but it's even actual just games in general, yeah. just even on oh, disc yeah. games. Like it took me like a couple of days to figure out where to download game videos. I could, it took me it took me ten minutes last night to find the fucking Walking Dead demo. It's a really badly designed dashboard. It's yeah. bad. And I saw like it's his Ben Kuchera's interview with Microsoft. Microsoft just comes out and says, "Well, if you use the Bing voice commands thing," and it was essentially an advertisement for Bing's voice command okay. technology. Okay, I have one response to that though. That really is the best way to find content, and even if their marketplace were really you well laid say out, that because you like Spider Man so much, and that's what <laughs> Spider Man uses. No, I mean seriously. I like, know what that's nice is there, but it's... why am I going to dig through menus when I can just literally search for? But that blocks out the whole like wandering through the. This is true. It ruins discovery. Yeah, but that's what I was about to say, discovery, and that's how things. Discovery is bullshit on every single other. I mean, have you tried discovery on a fucking Nintendo console? Jesus Christ. The Nintendo marketplace. I, I just I discovered games I played 25 years ago. I'm like, <laughs> should, I do, should I download Zelda, Zelda for the 15th time? Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. I discovery is a huge problem, uh, and it is something that Microsoft has not even. It doesn't even look like it's on their radar at all. For all the shit that we give PlayStation 3 for being like third place console and like no good games being on the PlayStation 3, at least you know their interface is uh, relatively ad free, and you go to their shop, they'll have ads, but it's not oh, yeah. getting in the way of like looking for stuff. Yeah. Just no one wants to play the goddamn console because there's five feet of dust on it, and it takes 20 minutes 
No, like three hours to get yeah. to the shop because you have to update the uh, your console five times over just to connect to the internet just to like check out the store. Yeah. Their store, their store is really is pretty abysmal too. Are you mascara? Your no. eyelashes are doing something tonight. Am I on drugs? <laughs> I am not wearing. You have though. girly eyelashes. Have I just noticed I your eyelashes for the first eyelashes. time? Eyelashes. That's right. You're batting your eyes. The stress. Yes, I am, Bill. Are you trying to lure me to World War One? I can't remember what song she sings, but I probably know it. <laughs> All right. In, in happier news, Drew Struzan is coming out of retirement to do posters for Mondo. Which is great, but that means no one's going to be able to ever own any of his posters. Man, Mondo's so great because they get me so excited about posters and they save me money every time I can't buy their <laughs> posters. Uh, last week, they had two uh, great Iron Giant posters they came out with. Uh, uh, two posters on the same day. One was an actual like normal poster, which mm-hmm. is like all nice and retro 50 style. Yeah. The other one was actually uh, a sta- like a cardboard standy thing of oh, really? the Iron Giant that was like three feet tall huh. with like an actual little uh, like tiny Hogarth little, like cardboard like articulated action figure oh, that's and the Iron great. Giant itself was articulated and stuff and he had two different heads of like a happy normal Iron Giant head and like the machine evil robot head mm-hmm. and uh, I was waiting on Twitter to get that because I was like oh man that that's the shit I'll put that up on my wall and I was like when they said okay posters are out now their servers crashed immediately and I was like well they just saved me 75 bucks and like Within 30 seconds, all all those posters uh, had been sold out. Yeah. It's like, man, they got to find... I could even see... Even within that model of just hang out on Twitter all day and wait for us to announce this, the first 30 people who get in actually get posters. But they, like, they need something to keep their servers up or something like that. Yeah. And uh, people pointed out every time uh, Mondo has one of these sales, half those posters end up on eBay like within well, the next hour. Yeah. And it's just like... It's not... How do you prevent that? The artificial... Though? You're paying more fucking posters. I know they're going to be worth less because there's going to be more of them out in the world, but fucking... All you're doing is creating the secondary black market for your own work. That's not helping you. It's not helping anybody. It's just like... If you're gonna if you're gonna make and sell crack, make more. Is all I'm make saying. Make more crack. That's Bill's <laughs> advice for Monta. Take my money. <laughs> Oh. What else? Uh, season four of Arrested Development will start filming in but a nonce. In just in like a fortnight. Yeah. It's By the time, shit. next time you have your period, there's going to be some new uh, Arrested <laughs> Development in the can. By the next time I have my period. Uh, that, was that, did I come out? You're not a woman. You're a woman. You can have babies. That's not, that's not a secret. I, I, I'm sorry I mentioned your period. It's a sacred thing. Hakuna Matata, Mother Earth. I'm just going to let you keep going on this what? I will. Uh, <laughs> There's some great pictures on Twitter of the writer's room for Andy, season four. Andy has just pulled a gun on me. <laughs> cock, cock the gun to the viewers. Don't look at a woman say, you're a woman, you can have babies. Why? Because not a woman can have babies, yo. Why? Wait, which ones can't? <laughs> Wait, can you have babies? Probably not. Why? I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. I don't want to talk about my medical Oh, I forgot. You got the vagina dentata. You could. No. It's just you have to shoot between the gritted teeth. Bill, look at this way. You could run a marathon. <laughs> you got two legs. Oh, yeah, there's nothing keeping me. <laughs> you know what? I'll run a marathon to go deliver your baby. <laughs> there we go, Bill. There's your plan right there. You, man. You're the best. Thanks for bringing me down, Bill. Let's talk about my teenage suicide attempts. My, my fertility or well, lack because you, you, you had a baby and then you lost it. There we go. Uh, you, Don't you, make jokes. You took a baby on the roller coaster and got flung out of your arms. But then you retired and you're like, you know what? 
It's in the woods. I can't find it. <laughs> Raccoon's probably already got it. So in happier news, um, <laughs> Legend of Korra confused. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about season four of the rest of the movie. What's there to say? They're making it. Did you see the pictures they post online of like the writer's room where it's just like giant wall of said. colored plot threads and yeah. like like Byzantine fucking yeah. labyrinthine? Yeah. I'm excited. Man Arrested Ooh. Development. I hope that it's better than Futurama coming back. You know what? I was, like, uh, I've, I've talked about this with uh, about Star Wars before. If the Star Wars prequels have taught us anything, that new bad installments of something you once loved does not necessarily negate the good old version of this it being true. out there. You're right. Newer development could be terrible. That would be disappointing. But at least you have the original series. So I at should least... live in the beautiful world of possibility where rest development could be. Really Unless bad. they go back and like fuck with the original show and try to add like CGI, like <laughs> Michael Sarah like moping around or something like that, like an <laughs> actual CGI. shot first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that should be fun. Anyway, guess... this week Entertainment Weekly confused the fuck out of everyone by saying, um, "Yeah, this is kind no of a mini Odyssey." Yeah, there are more episodes of Legend of Korra coming, and every they call, they termed it um, season two has been greenlit. Well, it turns out uh, twenty four episodes. Yeah, Brian Kanetsko and Michael DiMartino. They actually came out and explained. Well, this kind of makes sense that too. Well, what happened was when when season one, episode one of season one aired, did like gangbusters. See, book two was greenlit. Right there. Yeah. For like 12 or 14 episodes. Yeah. So that has been, on, they're working on it right now. Well, to the network, uh, any batch of 26 episodes, that's a season. Yeah. And they had only been uh, greenlit for half a season. Yeah. For Korra, which to them, they were acting as it was a season because it yeah. was like the first book. And so if uh, Nickelodeon uh, sees this as uh, there's two seasons of Legend of Korra, even though yeah. it's going to be divided into four books of about 12 episodes apiece. Just to confuse which will kind the of be aired kind of like as, as separate seasons. Yeah. Although I don't think it'll, it's going to take four years for all these. Uh, I, w- I would imagine they'll probably come out in ni- maybe every nine months, come out with a new batch. Man. I don't think they're going to wait a whole year between books. I, I don't want them to wait a whole year because I love Legend of Korra so much. Although I guess they haven't even, they've just started, well, uh, well, they were working on the, on season two as um, uh, season one aired. Yeah, right before we started recording, actually, uh, a lot of uh, information came leaking out of the Legend of Korra uh, 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 panel that they were having at the San Diego Comic-Con tonight. And uh, they actually showed, uh, they confirmed that book two spirit uh, is going to involve uh, Korra fighting spirits. Yeah. Something's going on. I like they actually are bringing, everyone was suspecting there's uh, some kind of spirit world uh, shenanigans going on with the first book. Not the first book, but the second book. So some yeah. kind of going on. Mako's a cop. Uh, you're going to meet more of Korra's family in the South Pole. You get to meet her That's aunt, great. Kaya. Who, who, I guess she's a waterbender kind of hippie lady. Nice. I guess you'll probably see more of Boomy, her her uncle, the crazy guy. Like, yeah. Woo! Woo! Uh, you're going to meet her uncle, which is her uh, dad's brother, I guess, who's mm-hmm. uh, the chief of the Northern Water Tribe. I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah. He's got kids. There's going to be all kinds of crazy new waterbender kids on top of the Air, Air Temple kids. And there's all going to be caught in crazy shit. Asami's in charge of future industries now. Man. The, oh, yeah, and the new season starts off six, six months after the uh, the last series ended. Well, this is interesting because everyone was complaining about how the pacing of this first season was rushed. Now these guys have a... Have a well, it sounds like the, the f- second season was written before they had uh, yeah. the go-ahead for the last for four. Yeah. So it sounds like what they're going to do is instead of, like what they did with the original Avatar show, which is create one arching story that's comprised of three smaller books. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're going to create four 
different books. Four, yeah, four different, uh, essentially stories. Yeah. That, that, you know, there might be some overarching stuff that happens throughout the different seasons, but each season's going to be relatively self-contained, mm-hmm. which is, that's, that's fine. I'm cool with that. And they also announced that this is it. This 52, that is it. Once the 50, 52nd episode is done, or that is it, and they're going to move on to something else. Yeah. Which is nice, too, because they're not, you don't have to worry about campaigns, about, like, save that, Nakora! Yeah. We want more Which is funny, and it's funny to make me feel melancholy about the end of Legend of Korra, for which sure we just found gonna... out there are three more books. For sure that's not going to end until the next Summer Olympics in, like, 2018. I love 2018. Legend of Korra so hard. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, they, they actually showed artwork of uh, the spirit world at uh, the convention today. Nice. And it looked like her, like, she's, like, it's like she's, like, in some kind of, like, world with, like, giant plants. <laughs> like, there's, like, like... Uh, blades of grass or or something like hanging over her head and stuff like that look very kind of cool look like honey i shrunk the kids um but yeah no legend of Korra, that is fantastic i just love the fact they have free will to do whatever they want for three more seasons yeah. now god yeah. bless them and weird thing they were talking about that they're still in the middle of trying to like it sounds like progress on season three is lacking behind season two and four right now like so hmm. it sounds like they're actually doing some kind of uh animation on two seasons two and four right now but hmm. not three i don't know what's happening there but i don't know interesting so what do you want ha- to have happen in the next books of Korra, Bill? Season two. Here's my prediction, too. Season two. It's going to be Korra versus the World Crime League. Uh, one of the things that uh, the Korra guys came out and t- were talking about this week, uh, talking about how the uh, this first season of The Legend of Korra was actually, that actually is the miniseries. They only ever got greenlit. For twelve episodes, mm-hmm. they confirmed that like it was it wasn't just six episodes that it was always designed to be twelve episodes. They were hoping for full season of twenty six, but they could only get twelve. And so uh, when that happened, they had a, there was some kind of big uh, uh, secondary plot arc that was supposed to be happening in this first season that they had to cut out. And they decided, well, this is going to be the big thing that's going to happen in the second season. And thinking about like what kind of thing you could have going on in in, in uh, Republic City that you could just cut out and drop into the second season. Uh, crime stuff. Yeah, the gangsters. The gangster stuff, because that's one thing they kind of bring up in that first episode where she fights the crime stuff. And, and it uh, makes sense if you've got this whole theme of, like, uh, non-benders being oppressed, what would be the That's exactly. But the oppression. Because the all the gangsters are going to be benders because they're yeah. the most powerful people, and that's going to make all the non-benders feel oppressed when all the gangsters in town are all bender, like firebenders, waterbenders, and fucking shit up. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, there's also news about how uh, half of season two is going to take place within Republic City and then half is going to take place all around the world. Uh, what's a good reason for them to be running around the world if they're fighting, like, crimes and, like, yeah. uh, triads for all throughout the world and stuff like that? That's That makes the most sense to me, but then again, it's also Korra's going to be fighting the spirit world at the same time, so who maybe is actually more spirit stuff than crime stuff. But the crime thing seems like an obvious thing that they really did not explore at all. The yeah. two big things they didn't explore in the first season, man, it's turning into another Korra cast, <laughs> were, yeah, were the, the lack of uh, crime stuff and... Uh, the uh, relationships between benders and pro-benders, which would really weave into the crime the relationship stuff relationship between benders and pro-benders? No, uh, uh, non-benders and, oh, okay. uh, and yeah. actual benders. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Man, all I want is more... I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, what did I not get in the first season that I really, really want? And I'd like... Um, I really... I really want Asami and Kor to become bros. Yeah. Like, to have a friendship. Because the thing is, like, I was thinking about it. Like, I read something on Twitter that point or on Reddit that pointed out that, like, the first show can be seen as a relationship between brother and sister. Yeah. Like, because it's a lot about Sokka and, and Katara. And then in Korra, you've got, um, 
you know, brothers yeah. and how that relationship goes. And now they, they, it'd be cool if they had some time to explore a relationship between sisters. Yeah. Like the closest you've got on that is like the relationship between two women. Yeah. It'd just be really neat. Cause I like Asami and Asami is such a great solid character. It just, I'm really looking forward to seeing how she develops. Well, that's one of the things with the first season, you didn't actually get that much exploration of the two brothers at all. No. Like Mako and Bolin. Yeah. Uh, like the only, the only screen time either of them really got was like Mako when he's like fawning over Asami. Yeah. But you never actually, well, that's another thing that kind of argues for the second season being very kind of like maybe crime focused is them growing up in the streets and they, like even the first couple episodes they talk about how these two have ties to crime yeah and especially with Mako's Ma- being a cop now yeah man um that makes Mako sense that they cop. would have be using their old like ties with the gangsters to fight the, the the bending triads and shit like that and I don't know yeah you could do some crazy stuff there did you see the artwork that was posted by the uh, the Korean animation yeah, studio? Yeah, the animation studio of, like, Korra and Asami, like, going on a clear yeah, just a road trip sort of yeah. thing. Oh, man. Yeah, it's supposedly that's just a piece of fan art they did for the own show they were working on. Like, they like I guess people were adamant, like, this is not actual, like, con- like yeah, this is not, this don't is not ex- necessarily expect this from an episode. Yeah. No. But I was like, yeah! Yeah. Yeah! I don't know. Just like I just like all them characters. I like them so much. I'm just yeah. excited to see. I just want to see more of. We're them. getting three more seasons. Fantastic. I, yeah. I become very simple and childlike about Legend of Korra. So I want more. Yeah. I want more. Damn. Fuck. Fuck. <sighs> oh, so, and then oh, the lady who plays Korra, Janet Varney. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, on Twitter, she was like, "I'm hosting a thing for the Huffington Post this week. It's a live chat. We're gonna be talking about Fifty Shades of Grey." So I was at home. It was at work. I was working from home. I was like, I'll click that. What the hell does she have to say about Fifty Shades of Grey? She was mediating a talk about feminism and the how Fifty Shades of Grey is making everyone rela- realize that like there's such a thing as female pleasure. Like, the, yeah. like and so it's just so weird hearing the lady who plays Cora talk, talk about, about She was making jokes about like coming and stuff like that. I was like, Cora, no, you didn't say that! And so it was kind of, it was kind of a weird uh, uh, little uh, online uh, round uh, uh, round, wait, like town hall? What's it? Knights of the Round Table? Round field? Round table? Round table! That's what I'm thinking about! I'm thinking, oh man, round table pizza. No, medieval pizza! <laughs> Knights of the Round Table pizza! Is that a thing I'm having a stroke? <laughs> I gotta move to your next point. I'm just saying! Summation, we love Legend Corps. She got weird eyes. Ed Helms she is starring like as Rusty Griswold in the new Rust- National Lampoon's Vacation. What do you think is going to happen in this, in season four of National Lampoon's <laughs> European <laughs> Vacation? Start, you like Ed Helms. You're a big Ed Helms fan. No. I'm a passing Ed Helms. I thought you were like, his, I thought you were like sending him letters. Like, Ed, Hel- Ed Helms, I like it when you take out your tooth in the hangover. Send me your tooth. I love your teeth. Can't handle the tooth. So have you never seen any of the National Lampoon's Vacation movies? Uh so Rusty Griswold is Chevy Chase's kid in those movies. Oh. So the idea that this is not necessarily a reboot as much as its sequel taking place, you know, because it's been like 20 years since I've made one of those movies. Yeah. That is just the adult son of uh, Chevy Chase taking his his own family out. That's kind of cute. But that's like, yeah, no. Oh, before I change, before we keep going on this subject, um, guess who is in the terrible second Resident Evil movie? Oh, God. What's the red-headed kid from, the, cre- <laughs> the ferret-faced red- red-headed kid from um, A Christmas Story? Oh, Scott Farkas! Farkas shows up in Resident Evil 2. <laughs> what the hell is he? He's How do you know it's Scott Farkas? Because he's got, he's guilty. Scott Farkas was made like 20 years he's ago. He's got that face really? like an adult body. He's got a Kootsky cap and he's shooting zombies. He's a super butch army guy. It's wow. so funny. Is he a good actor? Well, he, he shoots a gun real good. Does he get killed? I can't remember, well, it's probably. Scott I like I couldn't it's remember the word table five minutes ago, but I remember <laughs> Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas. <laughs> Wow! The nature of Bill's brain. Jesus Christ. Anyway, 
Um, so the trailer for the, um, I think it was actually a teaser trailer for. Um, no, it wasn't a teaser. It was like a full on trailer. Oh, was did you it? See I it? did not watch it. Um, Should we Sam pause Brady's... the podcast and make you watch uh, Wizard of Oz? Is Rachel Weiss pretty in it? Dude, Rachel Weiss. You see her for ten seconds. She's like, I'm me. I'm the wicked ween. I think I'll take the pass. Um, uh, man, Sam Fuck Raimi's this movie. Oz this trailer movie. looks terrible. Sam Raimi can lick my balls. Did you see uh, the go send me to hell? Make me go to heck. <laughs> no. Drag me to hell. No. Why would I see good. these movies? Sam Raimi is not. As I was watching. That's a movie about a lady with an eating condition goes to hell. What would you not love about that movie? There's a weird thing with that lady and, and food and things in her mouth. She, oh, that movie's fucked up. Not in a fun, good way. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about how much we love Annie's not playing for a ball because she's anxious today. <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah, no, I should have made you watch this before we started the podcast. Yeah, no, uh, so I guess Disney, inspired by all the fucking Mad Bank, inexplicable Mad Bank, they made off of that shitty Alice in Wonderland movie a couple years ago. Yeah. They were like, oh, man, what else can we make that's like some Alice in Wonderland type bullshit? And they're like, oh, we, should do a, we should do Wizard of Oz movies. That's in public domain. We could do that. Yeah. And so they decided this is supposed to be a prequel to the original film. Even oh, though they it? don't have any right... They, I was going to say... This is first they... announced as specifically as a prequel to the 1939 film. Not huh. just like an adaptation of one of the books or anything like that. Still, technically, this takes place first before the first book, but they were not able to secure any of the kind of the rights to any of the, the imagery or any of the songs or any of the graphic design from the first film. Yeah. So this is kind of a generic sci-fi te- TV-made original movie. <laughs> prequel to the original Wizard of Oz. Like, they can't have Ruby... Why, that's a goat of a different color. <laughs> I know, exactly, yeah. Well, they can't have, like, the ruby slippers because that's unique to the film and because yeah. in the books it's a silver slipper so yeah. they change that for the movie. So you're not going to have that. You're not going to see... It. It's... it's it's ghetto. It just looks Weird. like a big CGI kind of mess. Yeah, Rachel Weiss is playing Wicked Witch of the... Uh, which was a Wicked Witch of the West? Which, normally I'm on board, but man, Rachel Weiss, get out of that movie. Get, <laughs> get naked in a better movie or do something. Well, the big thing, get it's James Franco playing hey, the James Oz. Franco. I, James Franco is a fine actor. I do not know why I'm, a, I'm an allergic reaction to I don't think he's even a fine face. actor. It's well, just, I said fine he's so in boring. he's acceptable. But I don't his, mean fine, like, quality. He's the guy, like, well, that's the thing. His agent, he's, when his agent is pitching him, uh, like, to movie studios for a new project, they're like, you should get James Franco. He has not murdered any of his co-stars. You know what? You know what? You know Because they're what trying redeems, to come up with any kind of positive for him. Do you him. know what redeems James Franco to be a lot, though? Where I was like, okay, you're not bad. Do you remember when he shows up on 30 Rock? No. <laughs> he shows up on 30 Rock. <laughs> He's going to date. He, he, his I his agent this. gets Jenna Maroney to date him just so that she could be the beard because he is actually in a relationship with a Japanese anime girl pillow. I heard about that. I didn't actually see that. <laughs> Okay, that's funny. Well, he also did, did. Was he like eating pile fucked up in the third Spider-Man movie, where he's like, mm, "That's good." We're not pie. gonna do not use the third part of Spider-Man movie to try and earn points. You know what? Secretly, I think this is this is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Four. <laughs> is this a ra- really roundabout prequel? Kind of like I think James Franco. Really weird place. He doesn't like get turned into a spider, but he gets bitten by a spider. And he just doesn't feel well. He just feels kind of queasy. The whole he's just like, oh. He looks kind of green, like yeah. a goblin. Oh. There we go. <laughs> Did he turn into the Green Goblin in that last movie? Uh, well, yeah, his, dad, was, his, ta- his dad was the Green Goblin. And then he Is he like the Green Goblet? Like, how's that work? <laughs> the Green Goblino? That's right. But, uh, I forget. It's like, there's a couple other hot chicks in this movie. I can't even remember. 
it's Rachel Weiss. That's one of those things where the movie looks so bad, and Rachel Weiss suddenly shows up in the middle. It's like finding a beautiful woman's drowning in shit, and she's she's so drowning in the shit, you know, you can't save her. And it's so it's uh, that much sadder that there's a mode of shit because you know there's gonna be this beautiful corpse in it. And you're like, this is the saddest thing I've ever seen. That is this goddamn it's the saddest ongoing. comparison I've ever heard. I want to save her. I want to thrust my hand into the TV's and Rachel Weiss. You and your flabby normal butt. I love you so much. And, and the brothers bloom. Don't be in this movie. No, but they already filmed it. And it's you done. know what? Rachel Weiss needs money too. It's like I Sam know. Elliott showing up in uh, 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 a Golden uh, Compass, Golden Co- or everyone who showed up. In the Golden <laughs> That's Let's true. Let's be honest here. God, we well, know it could be worse. It was going to be Robert Downey Jr. as Oz. that would actually make more sense. As well, man. What's the thing? Can James Franco carry an entire movie where he doesn't chop off his arm? You know what the terrible thing is? He was in uh, the. Have you seen the uh, the Planet of the Apes movie that came out like last year? No. That was actually pretty good, and he was actually. He was actually pretty good in that movie because, well, he had to play a geneticist, which yeah. you don't believe for a second. But then again, you have to believe he's playing a geneticist, which des- he decides to create a super super race of killer monkeys. <laughs> and of course, he would be you. You, you would believe <laughs> he would be <laughs> a scientist that would be that stupid. So that kind of works in his favor. But like, I guess like the, this kind of suggests that like this starts off. Uh, it's. Uh, the guy who's Oz, you know, he's he's from he's from our world. I like the idea of the story is interesting yeah. because it's somebody going to Oz who isn't Dorothy. Yeah, which that's, you know, cool. that's kind of like a new story, and especially this is a prequel. This is how he ends up becoming like the Wizard of Oz. That's kind of an interesting idea for a prequel. Yeah, but like it's kind of sad because like this is another thing it has in, in in common with the Alice in Wonderland movie, where it's depressing. Where like Alice in Wonderland, it's a fairy tale that has a main female uh, character, which is kind of like written for girls. Yeah. Was sold totally on the 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 fucking uh, main star who was cast as the fucking Mad Hatter. That's kind of depressing, even regardless yeah. of the uh, qualitative blah 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 of that movie aside. Just the fact that like, it's Alice in Wonderland. It's all like, oh, it's Johnny Depp is the Mad Mad Hatter, and that was just kind of depressing. And here it is. It's it's Wizard of Oz, which is normally a story about a girl trapped in Oz, and they have to get it like, oh, let's get a sexy guy be the guy running around Oz. And it's kind of like, and he's being fought over by sexy witches, and it's just like, man. And also the other thing too, for some reason I kept on hearing about this movie and Sam Raimi visually he can be uh, do some interesting stuff. I was expecting this movie to actually look like kind of maybe look kind of like Art Nouveau. Yeah, you haven't seen the trailer, so this this all falling on deaf ears. But it looks like it does. It's not doing anything interesting with the design. A lot of people when when uh, when I saw the trailer, I was like, man, they should just like instead of wasting all their money on this, they should just release the Return to Oz back yeah. in the theaters because that like. Uh, Return to Oz, not the best movie ever. But made, it has right? great like art production. Yeah, it actually like does a lot of great stuff with the Art Nouveau design. A lot of like great design from like nineteen from the nineteen teens. Oh yeah, and so it actually looks like they actually went out of their way to make it look like a movie of the time that those books yeah, were written. It really does. And this just looks like generic, kind of like schlocky early twenty first century CGI, just kind of like blech mess. And it's just like, even the Emerald City, a little bit of you see, kind of looks like the Emerald City a little bit from the 1939 Wizard of Oz, but there's no interesting, they didn't even go like interesting Art Deco places with it. It's kind of like crappy CGI flying monkeys, and it's just like, just looks dumb. Just even from the visual point of view. It's like, yeah. when you have a fantastic world, make it fantastic. Yeah, and then the fact that you have, you have this world that takes place in, like, the you know, 19-teens, you could do interesting things with that technology and the looks of it. And it's yeah, just... well, it makes sense that they totally crapped it out because they want it to be like... Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Well, but also, like, enough like The Wizard of Oz to think that it could be... Yeah, but it doesn't even look interesting enough. Because, man, if you're going to do... Th- they should have done this movie. Man, I would love to see someone actually say, you know what, fuck, we're going to make a prequel to the MGM 
Wizard of Oz. We're gonna have fucking songs. We're gonna make this movie look Wait, like it was Wait, is that filmed. not what it was? What? Wait, what? You, it's not a prequel to. I thought that's what you said. No, that's what it started off as, and they couldn't get any of the rights to any of the songs or imagery or anything yeah. from the original movie. So now this technically takes place before the original Wizard of Oz movie. Yeah. But it has not. Like you're not gonna see. Mm. There's no. Da, 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 da. You're not gonna hear any of the songs or anything like that. Well, yeah. Wicked Witch doesn't look anything like the Wicked Witch from that movie or anything sure. like that. It's all kind of generic Oz stuff. Is Rachel Weisz green? No. No? There was a green hand. I think she turns green. I think he spilled some paint on her or something like that. She saw, no, she shows up once. It better in... not be water-based paint. We'll watch it. <laughs> we'll watch this as soon as things are over and we'll let you get home. But uh, anyway, so that's my 40-minute rant about a 30-second trailer. <laughs> Bill is, is Bill's, Bill's got issues. Bill's last note. This and I want to cast so much of Rachel Weisz. The shit river I can't get her out of. It's Bill's, gonna be my nightmare tonight. Bill's last note uh, for the this week his synthesis of Comic Con news is Neil Gaiman came out and said he would write a prequel mini comic to Sandman. Yeah. Tell us about this. Tell me why I care. Have you read Sandman? No, we've talked about this. Oh, you can't I get hate... past the diner scene where everyone gets killed. I hate that. I was like, fuck this noise. I it's a, it down. It is one of the best comics ever written. Not that I'm a com goddamn comic scholar, but Sandman is the shit. You have to stick through it for all 75 issues, though. But, man, the way that story ties up and everything like this. So, anyway, this is the first uh, Sandman uh, story that Neil Gaiman himself has written so explicitly since for comics yeah. since, like, pretty much since the, the comic originally ended. Uh, this is going to be a uh, mini-comic series. They don't know how long it is, or they haven't announced, uh, that shows how uh, Morpheus ends up at the beginning of this the original Sandman comic because the first issue of Sandman starts off with Morpheus, the main guy who looks like death. Looks like the Grim Reaper. He ends up being captured by uh, this kind of Aleister Crawley kind of guy in the 1920s mm -hmm. by this magician dude. Mm -hmm. And because uh, he's all weakened from this kind of big like fight or something like that. And this this comic just shows up whatever fight he got into that let him get captured by a human being. Mm -hmm. So that's as simple as that. But yeah, no, it's it'll be interesting. I, I can't remember who the artist is on the series. There's some terrible artists who worked on Sandman. That's another reason why I couldn't get a Sandman. The first third Sandman's were really rough to get past. Because <laughs> the artist, like, uh, Sam Keith, can't draw for shit. Love Sam Keith, love you, <laughs> friend of the podcast. <laughs> no, no longer friend of the po podcast, Sam Keith. Former, former close friend. I because he played. I was baking a cake last week. Mm -hmm. and, and I went over to Sam Keith's house. I'm like, Sam Keith, can I have a thing of sugar? Just don't draw me sugar, because you can't draw that. Mm hmm Give me some sugar. I am your neighbor. And he should get out of here. Shake it. Uh, Shake tell it. a joke. I'm trying to find out if Dylan won uh, an Eisner. <laughs> um, a joke. Uh, uh, nuns are, uh, 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 four nuns are driving down a, um, a dark highway. They're really anxious because they're kind of lost. Oh, they're driving to Transylvania. Here we go. This is, I forgot this joke. Here we go. Um, they're driving through Transylvania, and they're totally lost. It's late at night. They don't know where the fuck they are. And all of a sudden, Dracula, Dracula jumps out in the middle of the road, and the superior leans over the note he's driving and goes, um, lean out the window and show him your cross. And so she leans out the window and goes, get out of the street, you idiot! What are you doing, you dumb? Get out of the way! No! Because cross means you're mad, in addition to being a crucifix. This is the joke I shared, everybody. No! Who won? Dylan lost. It's just our friend of the podcast, Eisner nominated. Dylan McCoy's. Battle Pug won. Battle Pug won? That's a cute comic. You know, it's hard. Okay, uh, you know, Dylan's comic, Fox was fantastic. It's hard to beat a pug. That's you true. Know? Is there a pug in that comic? Oh, it is. It? Yeah, it is a, it is a. Oh, the Dylan never 
never had a chance. No, you can't beat cute animal humor. Like there's a fox in Out Fox. Oh, but she got nominations. You know what? Dylan's got more Eisner nominations than we got. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bill? All the comics I've not written have been extensively lauded. By what did you think movie. about the end of Sandman? <laughs> what happens to Morpheus at the end? Are you going to go see Batman? Because next Sunday, when we record, is it next Friday that Batman comes out? I think so. We will not be, I, I cannot go see Sandman because I work on, on Friday. Sandman. It's fucking Batman. You whatever fucking, man. fucked up. Whatever noun man are talking about. This four, like fucking four hour Batman movie that's coming out. I am tempted. There are some theaters, I think Regal Cinemas are doing a, a, a marathon of all oh, three Batman God. films. No, that's crazy because supposedly the new Batman movie is like three hours long. Oh, they're all Turn fucking... Out of turns. They're that's, all... Like nine, that's like watching going to see Lord of the Rings. I know, but I was, sort of, I was kind of tempted. I just realized, technically, I'm like if we record next Friday night, I will... I mean, if I go get in line early on Friday morning, I can go go see The Dark Knight before the podcast next week, then I can spoil it. Won't that everybody. be fun? Then you can spend another episode talking about a movie I haven't seen. What oh, that's right. Friday? I'd be like, man, my favorite part of the movie was when... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Black. <laughs> Who's the chick in that movie? Who is the chicken? Oh, Anne, Anne Hathaway. Hathaway. Yeah. Do you I, like? Is she cute? She's. I like Anne Hathaway. Can I talk about her butt in a leather gear? <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not attracted to Hathaway, but I like her. I like her as a person. She's pretty. She's. I think she's a neat lady. I mean, I like. She I did like, a better job in the Oscars than James Franco did. They did. She and Hugh Jackman did. And the the thing that they did it was great. It was great. But then, like the year after that, she got stuck uh, hosting with James Franco, and James yes. Franco was like. <laughs> I'm in the monkey movie. I'm gonna be on. I'll go. I'm ugly, powerful. All right, everybody, you wasted. Don't, don't look at the man behind the Look at you. What have you done with your life? You just listened to us uh, talk. I forgot what my retarded uh wicked witch impersonation was. Me wicked wee. Who my mom seen? Deaf too. She's Molly Matlin as which which is Molly Matlin. She's got two M's in her name, and that's like upside down. Wicked witch, Marley Matlin. I could already design the poster for. (laughs) We're done. You design your Mondo poster right there, Bill. With my sister. Get it on eBay. My sister ain't dead. (laughs) You know the funny thing is, deaf people don't listen to podcasts. Podcasts. If you refer a friend to the show ever, don't refer them to this episode. Friend of the podcast, Annie Maloney says, I wish I wasn't on this podcast. <laughs> um, and we are boyhowdypodcast.com. Uh, you can tweet at us. We're at boyhowdypodcast. You can holla. We are howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com. Thank you, friends, for spending time with we'll us. We'll see you guys in line for Batmans <laughs> next week. All the Batman. That's the last big movie coming out this summer. Oh, we didn't talk about the Looper. I want to talk about this briefly. They had a featurette. Um, and Cool News hosted a featurette on been... the music. I stopped. On the soundtrack. Oh the no, where he's got like the crazy shit. Oh, oh I didn't see so that because there's no like clips from the yeah, movie. Yeah, he he talks about how um, Nathan Johnson who did the score for both Bloom and Brothers yeah, Bloom. Yeah, he's and not afraid Brooke. to get crazy with score stuff too. Yeah. He did almost all the scoring for Looper um, using found sounds. Yeah. So like, just he went out to the sets as they were filming and everything like that, and just filmed shit like even like the spraying doorstops and and stuff like yeah and then they use it to make digital instruments to score the film it's fucking awesome looper man i'm I'm pumped about like like this fall september 30th i think oh so it's gonna be like this year's source code what that's not like i don't know what that that means oh they did you see the uh well i don't know they they officially announced what the last uh, edgar wright movie is gonna be the 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 
World's World's End. Oh, the pub crawl. Yeah. I, I thought that was already announced, but they just... And I all the so details too. that came out today was like, yeah, we're going out with their movie called The World's End. We're filming it this fall. I thought everyone knew that. I thought... Well, I guess maybe it wasn't greenlit. Maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't official, but now... Maybe they were just talking about how they confirmed they had written the script. Yeah. Maybe now it's just official. That's maybe. way into production. Anyway, friends, that was the Boy Honey Post script. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next week. To the